0: Hello and welcome to Metrospective, the mecha-podcast where we remember it so you don't have Fuck, to. Devin, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, no! Hello and welcome to Metrospective, the podcast where we cover everything from Masterpoint and your Z. I'm Tewch. I'm Devin.
0: Um, That was a, uh, a and slip.
1: Is that what they call it now?
0: Uh, I don't know, Is that in bad. the psychology
1: textbooks now? Has he really... I. <laughs> I don't even want to give him that much credit. Um...
0: This is a weird energy today. <laughs> oh yeah, no, today is filled with weird energy. And speaking of weird energy, Kiriko's been feeling a lot of fucking weird energy in this world. Kiriko art.
1: has both been feeling a lot of unintentional weird energy and trying to purposefully pump his girlfriend with weird energy. Cause that's yeah, how honestly. she lives.
0: She goes So we're back to Photoms. We are now over the halfway mark of the show, and would you agree with me that that so far this is the best arc? This definitely... fucking... Well, this is kind of like two mini-arcs together. Yeah!
1: or, Or, you know, it's... It feels like it, it it had it it had the pace of like a movie honestly like the first act is very of them on the ship is very much the first act and
0: uh, of, on Space Battleship X God is that what it's called <laughs> Yeah it's called Space Battleship X So there's like the Space Battleship X arc and then there's the Sunsa arc but together they're just kind of the Sunsa arc Yeah
1: no absolutely and
0: I, I it like it it
1: was just such like, okay, so I, 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 th- I think for something like this, it it does behoove us to just sort of take it beat for beat.
0: Yeah, well, we got so just to refresh, we're covering the third uh, arc of of Tom stage three Sunsa. This consists of episodes. I want to say th- twenty uh, episodes. I think third, like uh, twenty nine through uh, forty.
1: Yeah, something like that but it's so like up until this point uh the the show's been honestly like continually interesting i don't even want to say like oh it's been fucking every, every arc of this show is so fucking buck wild and like when you when oh, you yes. compare but like only when you only when you compare them together cuz it's like the first, you know, the, the 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 first thirteen episodes are are just like okay, like I know I know what I'm getting into. This, you know, s- sad PTSD soldier boy uh, has no idea how to live a normal life and only understands war and gets stuck in like a junky city and fighting a bunch of fucked up cops and human traffickers. Uh, very stand like. And then he goes to Vietnam. Yes, and then he it immediately after he after he blows up the entire police force of one city. Uh, he's like, I think I, I need to relax. I'm gonna go to Vietnam. Um, I'm gonna go do the... Uh, not, not even Vietnam, because, you know, Vietnam's a real place detached from the war. It's more it's less that and more, I'm gonna go do the Vietnam War in this in this random country. Um, Pretty much. And then that's its own sense... thing altogether. That, that is another su- sub-sub-sub-genre of mecha anime that I like to call Mash with Giant Robots
0: consisting of the Kuman arc of Votoms and Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team. Yeah,
1: which honestly, the, the since this is now the second one I've seen, most people wait until the third instance of something to call it a pattern. I don't fuck with that. I'm not waiting that long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it honestly has me legitimately wondering, like, what the fuck did the Japanese think of Vietnam War? What was their take on that?
0: I don't even know. I, th- I I think a lot of soldiers before they went to Vietnam were stationed in America because we already had a crap load of naval bases there, like in Okinawa and everything. Okay, so they, so they were involved. The- I don't know if the Japanese were politically involved in Vietnam, but, I mean, like, uh, the Japanese really can't be involved in foreign wars because they're not allowed to have a standing that's army. That's fair. And also, like, I think... That- so I mean, like that's not... Wait, po-
1: wait, wait, first, hold on. That's not fair. All I'm in is I get it. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was always bad.
1: Nothing America has ever done to another country has been fair in the history of reality.
0: Yeah, I don't think anything any country's done to any other country has been fair. I mean, the human race kind of has a track record of just being awful in general. And in the end, we're just a bunch of white people. As in everyone on this podcast, but...
1: yeah. Um, but no, but it maybe just made me interested, and like I guess since it took place in the eighties, I maybe want since the the show was produced then, I I do kind of wonder if maybe it was less of that and more of just like America was making a lot of Vietnam stuff back then, and Japan Japan's anime, especially in the eighties, took a lot of stuff from whatever they were importing from America. When I like this, I'm gonna make an anime like. I
0: it. just think I think it definitely because once again, I think. It's mostly that Rambo First Blood Part 2 was brand new. Uh And Apocalypse Now is like one of the biggest movies of all time in the late 70s.
1: I keep trying, I work at a liquor store and I keep trying to push Francis Ford Coppola's vodka on people and they don't want it because it's too
0: expensive. What about, uh, give me a sec. I'm, I'm also, the only reason um,
1: full disclosure the only reason that I'm pushing it on people cuz we get bonus commission money for certain products and that is one of them uh otherwise I don't care. We also have Danac we Danacroid. Yes, yeah, I'm thinking about we, Dan we, do, do you have do you have the Crystal Skull we Vodka? We absolutely carry the Crystal Skull Vodka. Uh, we also have Please tell me how that we is also ha- I I haven't tried it. I'm not gonna fucking buy that. Uh I ha- I also have fifth- we also carry fifty cents vodka, which is called effin. Uh <laughs> effin vodka is is how you say it. He wanted to call it Mother Effin vodka, but they uh they they told fifty cent no. Um so they compromised and just called it effin.
0: But uh this arc is very different from the first two. The first two kind of followed, um, were kind of similar, but, like, they still kind of followed the same format. This arc, this is, this feels like, this feels like Zeta Gundam. I feel like the first half had similar pacing to, you know, original Gundam, where it's kind of like, but instead of it being, like, mobile armor of the week, it's combat encounter of the week.
1: Yeah, it was more of, like, yeah, combat encounter, or just, like, like battle in a war of the week. Fucking, like,
0: Military operation of the week, yeah. But like the plot, unlike the plot, still kind of moved forward. There was a lot, like everything on the periphery moved forward. You know, non-episodically, it just kind of moved forward linearly. This episode has no. This season has does not have that structure. It's 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 almost like this is the 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 the, the, the arc point for the entire real robot yeah, genre going I, I, forward. I think
1: this was the first one. This was the first one where it's like any. I feel like any other show at the very least once they once they get off the spaceship and land on the desert planet a, a lesser written show would have like opened on the desert like episode 1 would have been on the desert planet because it's 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 got all that shit with like Chirico like meeting up with like people who are pissed at him for all the wrongs that like he, he the rituals yeah, the rituals did in the war and that that I feel like would uh, would immediately appeal to... To like a staff and an, and like a and like a TV crew more, just like no no no, don't do that. Do episodes about that stuff. Um. Uh, but before they get there, it's literally just like Chirico on an extremely extended date with his girl, with his with his girl, um, whose name I continue to misremember. Fiana, yeah. I keep why do why do I keep wanting to say Fela? Is there an anime character called Fela? Not that I can
0: remember. I don't remember. fucking
1: know. But Fiana. Yeah. Um so like and it's it's just so surreal because up until this point one they've never been together uninterrupted for that long. Oh,
0: Two, no, cuz it's always been
1: like Yeah, they've never been they never been together for that long on their own. Two, they've never been without either side that they're respectively from for that long so this is them a alo- this is them alone on screen but it's also with each other for the first time on like on screen and in reality so it's just like fuck like we are getting such a ra- the rawest look at them
0: so very briefly just to kind of keep with our with our structure yeah. uh, with our structure uh, before we, because once again, we we already have characters already talked about, pretty much, only another one really new pops up. We'll, we'll get to them when, when they do, but the Schmetel twins, who we met in, uh, Red, Last Red Shoulder for a minute, are now in the show proper. Uh-huh. And I like them. Aaron and Gurren are their names. <laughs> and where the game grumps. <laughs> it's, uh... So I like them. They're kind of I like I like a good creepy henchman. Some some weird scientist they're, dudes who they're are like very good twins. creepy
1: henchmen. They're just sort of like slimy boys.
0: Yeah, they're just they're just kind of gross. Like
1: they need a shower. <laughs> they're like
0: they're just like
1: <laughs> like I, it, it's. It's nice in in a well-written show that, like, proves it can write nuanced villains well. If it just throws in a couple of them, they're just like, yeah, what if there was just a couple cackling bad guys who are legitimately just in this
0: to fuck shit up? But like in the context of the setting, I, I honestly can believe that these are just two scientists with absolutely zero morals who just want to see PS's fight each other. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: They're 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 the guy's like, hey, you want to you know would be cool if we made in the ultimate soldier and shot another ultimate soldier? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. What if we get, what let's fund this for millions of dollars? What if
1: we gave the epsilon mag? <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, well, I mean, yeah,
0: because like that's them. that that's that that because that
1: that that's really what. That is the horrors of like you know science gone too far of just like when if if you are if, if you are so bought in to like whatever scientific what like this kind of, this type of scientific project and like one you you don't see the ramifications because you don't care because you're you're one of those idiots that thinks that science is amoral, um and then two like if you're that close to this type of project like you. They probably legitimately don't see it. Epsilon as yeah, a person with agency.
0: They they don't. They keep just they 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 talk about him like 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 he's like an object. They're just like okay, let's see if if we can, let's see what we can do. Let's see if he'll break if we throw him at this. Um, he, he and and that's that's just that's just the way they view him. That
1: he's an that's that's, that's that's the way that's they him. view him, and it's, and it's not even a matter of like. and for me that 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 that's extremely believable because like one that that's what that's what like that's what like unchecked that's what unchecked science can easily become but also especially in a in a in a military sense that's what it's become because let's be honest like (laughs) you don't need to make a perfect soldier in a laboratory to be in the military and see your soldiers as expendable objects to use however you want that just happens now today
0: oh yeah definitely so, uh, there, we only really get, like, one new mech- two new mech designs in this, uh, season. We get the Scope Dog 2. Scope Dog 2! 2! You've made that joke twice already. i <laughs> the episodes. Uh, yeah, so what do you think of the Scope Dog 2 compared to, like, the Scope Dog 1? There's not a lot of differences, but it looks a little sleeker. It's all one color now.
1: Yeah, uh, it definitely d- uh, I- I didn't notice it was an upgrade. I thought it was a scope dog, uh, so I still like it. Uh, did it do anything obviously different that a scope dog one can't do, or is it just like statistically better?
0: It's just like statistically okay. Then yeah, then it's, like yeah, then it's fine. It. I have no greater. And opinion. so then we got the. Uh, we already s- pretty much the we got now the. Uh, I just completely forgot the name. The strike dog. It's, <laughs> the, it's a Yipsil. Sorry, that's sorry,
1: that's very good. I forgot about that one. The strike dog? Why are they dogs, Devin? I don't know. Oh fuck, I forgot to I forgot to show you. I I covertly took a picture of one of my coworkers' new iPhones and I was gonna be like I was gonna send it to you like scope dog spotted.
0: We have, but the strike dog. It does not have the three eyes of the of the the spinning three eyes. It has one. It's a uh, ypsilon's blue scope. Dog. I sent it to you. there. It's <laughs> <eye>. <laughs> my boss has one too, and I think about. It. I hear like the I I I just imagine the opening of where like it spins like three times yes. before like it zooms out.
1: I I want if I mean I don't want one because I don't like iPhones. But if I ever was to, if if it. If I ever crossed paths with a witch and I was cursed to own an iPhone for for wronging her, uh, <laughs> I I
0: would you'd want a scope dog one?
1: I yeah, I would get the scope dog one. I would get the scope dog. I would get a I would get a custom made scope dog case for it, and my text tone would be like, and my text and ringtones would be various things from Votoms, like sound of.
0: It would be the opening, and every time you got a text, it would just be. Da, yes.
1: Um. Yeah, my 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 text tone. Uh, my text phone would be like, bow, bada, bow. Um, <laughs> and then maybe like my notifications would be like the sounds would be like the the sound it makes when whenever it jumps from from a from a long drop and it has to do the hydraulic leg buckle thing,
0: which is so it's cool. So, fuck, they do that a lot in this so in this
1: in this season. Fuck. I never get tired of it.
0: I never get tired of this That's show. That's the only show is like. Fucking great. The,
1: there's only two. There's only two. There's probably more, but like the things that come to mind for as the like you know because before I, I had I had my whole fucking thesis about why about how good this show is at sidestepping the wow cool robot pitfall. But if there's two wow cool robot things about Botoms, it's the leg buckle hydraulics when they fall. From a big height that would otherwise give them fall damage like a video to game. And then two, the fucking <laughs> the, ro- the the Rocket Punch bullet case.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the fist punch. The fucking or arm punch. I need
1: to the only way we can punch so hard is if we fire a gun in this mechs forearm. <laughs> I I like
0: it. Here's my
1: question. How? Would it, de- If there's a real bullet in there, why not just shoot that like a Mega Man at something?
0: <laughs> I mean, Squall's gunblade in Final Fantasy VIII has-, bu- has a- the trigger works and there's bullets in it, but the bullet explodes in the chamber causing the blade to vibrate.
1: There- I am not a scientist. There's gotta be 20 better ways to make a blade vibrate in a manner that would make it hurt more than- putting a gun in it (laughs) but what do i know that game that game uses a dog as a projectile what the fuck do i know
0: um so the strike dog it's it's ypsilon's blue scope dog with the with the fucked up looking eye that i love yeah no it has a cool claw arm Uh uh-huh and yeah so what what do you think of that (laughs) just that's the last new mech design and well there's one more after that but
1: I think that one is a good middle ground between like the normal like s- scope dog that Oscar the Grouch lives in, and um, and like the the, fa- the fancy schmance mech from 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 the from the second arc that that one shithead piloted with like the gold.
0: Oh well, not the shithead, the gi- the, the giant guy. Shocker. Oh, did he
1: pilot that? Oh, okay. Yeah, that his... I could have sworn I saw that that shithead. But anyway, like the the purple one with the gold trim. That, that yeah, I
0: forgot what it was called. Now that
1: one was that one was the most like that one looked very 0079 Gundam to me, and like if it was yeah. a Gundam, I'd be like, oh, that's a cool thing to do to a mech. But in this show, I'm like, that's very showy, in a way that I don't, in a way that I don't uh, like for 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 Votoms, um, and I think the I think Ypsilon's mech is a good middle ground uh, because it's it's different enough. And it's got a nice blue color, which is which is which is visually striking for for this show especially.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: this show this show has the color palette. This show well no no this show has a bit like that that would be disparaging, but like most of this show's color palette like is is like fucking um like l- late late two thousands early twenty tens like fucking AAA shooters. <laughs>
0: Like like Gears of War, Call yeah, 30, but like, but World of War, her around, but there.
1: but better than that because at least Votan, at least all of the scenes in Votoms are fucking well lit,
0: uh, and every character looks different.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and there there is legitimately better color theory. They're not afraid to use colors when they need to. And honestly, when they do, like that, that's the thing about muted color palettes. The the secret reason to use a muted color palette is so that you can choose when to not.
0: But then people never choose not to. Yeah,
1: and so everything just blurs together into bullshit. And then meanwhile, Votoms is out here showing him how it's done, because the second you see that blue mech, you're like, ooh, that's really cool, and I'm going to remember that forever.
0: So I'm going to uh, then bring up the last new mech, which is, for the first time in this season, the, the other side of the Great War comes into the into the play. We've only been hanging out with the Gilgamesh guys, with the Melkian military. All of a sudden, Balorontor now, uh, are now involved, and we get to see their armor, their armor trooper, the fatty. I like it. It's actually really colorful. It's like teal.
1: Yeah. Let me let me get another look at this boy. Oh yeah, yeah. I like them. Yeah, I like those. They're very. Uh, see, I mean, uh, you know, they're they're, they're like um shit i mean they're they're a lot more like circular they have a little bit more style going on they're like they're like what if they're like what if you what if you gave what if you had the schematics for a scope dog and gave it to like a modern like a like a modern like a smartphone designer
0: (laughs) honestly it looks the thing I, I appreciate that they don't just look slightly different than the Scope Dogs because it's almost like they had yeah. two different trains of, of engineering thought when when making you know armatures. yeah it's
1: it, you know it's 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 less about it being directly similar because like like they're they're very different at a glance but it's it's only because I'm I'm like staring at a still image and really scrutinizing it that I can see the anatomy and mechanical philosophy that's like okay yeah like you know the same person designed the mechs for this show so like whatever but like yeah it's Kunio
0: Okawara um
1: yeah you know, cuz they they have the little they have little skirts they've got like these the, the mechs in this show have such an interesting thing where it's like there's no there's no torso there's just a chest that immediately goes into the hip pivot they're yes. very, they're very barrel, they're very barrel chested, but not in the way that, uh, that like the get, like the Getter Robo is in the OBAs, which, which is usually like the full torso. It's legitimately just mm-hmm. like big titty and then like hips. Well,
0: because the big titties where they sit.
1: Yes, you got to have enough room in those titties for a whole man.
0: For a whole, a whole, a PS. whole one
1: whole PS.
0: So, um. That's all the new mechs for this season, and I guess we're gonna go straight into the synopsis because that's kind of the meat and potatoes of this real uh, of this discussion. This season's really fucking good. I
1: love the season a lot, um, and I guess honestly, I, I think I'll have, and you know this, this this is just tooch all over. I'll probably have I'll probably have a better like take for each season once I'm actually done with it because at the moment. It just keeps getting better, but you have told me that like it does plateau a bit, um, which I'm fine with because like even the worst.
0: It plateaus about now, but just it it just plateaus at a level of already
1: good. Yeah, quality. and that's fine. But it's just like for right now, I'm really I, I I am still currently riding the high of like man, this show's just keeps getting fucking
0: better. Uh... <laughs> for me, like I think I think this I think like toward the end of the Space Battleship arc, is probably some of the best 80s anime ever.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that's... So we'll have to go through the play-by-play, play, but we'll, um... Immediately after... The, so we last left our heroes where, you know, everything's once again exploding like it did at the end of Wudu.
1: That's just what happens when... So, that's just what happens when Cutie Code stays somewhere for, like, longer than, like, a day.
0: And that's when he decides he has to leave. But he, he escapes in uh, the prince's personal escape shuttle, and he's like, this is a one-seater. And Fiona's like, no, there's a tube made especially for me in this that has, like, a Jijirian This is bottom.
1: my tube. It was made for me.
0: And he's like, okay, cool. So they shoot off into space, and then suddenly Kiriko wakes up aboard this ship. It, like, we, we, we cut, and we're like, how the fuck did he get here? And We have no idea. They don't really show us, it's just there was like a blinding light while they were in space and suddenly they're in this ship. It's honestly
1: terrifying. This this ship scares me. It, this ship's this ship scared me before it scared Kiriko for reasons we'll get into, but it was it's just such a weird- like and again maybe maybe sci-fi horror has just conditioned me to be immediately terrified at a ship that just happens to have no one fucking in it.
0: Delaric spaceships are absolutely cursed. <laughs> It's bad vibes. So, so Kiriko wakes up Fiana, and they explore the place. And there's like a ton of food. They can, they're, yeah, it's on autopilot. They have, they cannot change its course whatsoever. No idea where it's going. It's fully stocked with scope dogs. Just a ton. And there's enough food for them to survive for like an indefinite amount of time. Food and scope dogs. That's all you need. And it's. It's pretty. I I really liked seeing Kiriko try to be a person. It. I mean, I'm honestly like both of them. Like both of like, them. Yeah. Like this is honestly what they've been fighting for for thirty something episodes.
1: Fiana is like slightly better, <laughs> but but not by much. I, I I think it helps. It it helps that they're. It helps that they're on their own. It helps that they don't have to like it helps that they just that they just really have to only worry about each other because you know as we see in this in this string of episodes like you know even 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 an even a relationship even a relationship under normal circumstances is like uh, a period of growth and learning to deal with each other but especially when you throw mental illness in in the mix, which you know going into twenty twenty is just becoming more and more common for young adults, um, it's it's hard,
0: and it's very hard. Kiriko is a is Kiriko literally only knows how to kill people, and we, we even go deeper into that in Roots of Ambition, which we're going to talk about afterward.
1: Yeah, um, and and Fiana. Fianna is definitely further along in in the vague in this in this strange vague process we call healing but you know she she wants to help Kiriko but you know the the lesson that she and everyone has to learn is like you can't you can't love someone better
0: yeah you that's that's not what you can do <laughs> So it's like, we watch them have, have, like, dinner, and Kiriko's like, holy shit, why do people like dinner, <laughs> and you never drank anything? And it's like, it's a really human it's moment so between cute. the two of them, I love it. <laughs> I like Kiriko a lot. Honestly, this arc is really, this arc is just good for everybody. Everybody has good shit to do in this arc. So things are, however, not so nice. I'm oh, sorry,
1: did I cut you off? No, no, no. I, I was gonna follow. I was gonna follow through of just like yeah, like it's it's cute and like for a while everything's fine. And you know, in that classic storytelling fashion, you gotta wait until just just an, up to the point where they're finally starting to be comfortable with this situation. Like they, like day one of I think we can actually do this monkey wrench.
0: So multiple problems occur. Uh, so they realize that they are now somewhat they they are no longer just in deep space, but they're now approaching a planet, a specific planet called Sunsa that Kiriko has some memories of. This planet was completely and utterly decimated in the war. It's now like essentially a fallout planet it's it's just planet Mad Max down there like it it the war happened like, in roots of ambition we see the third battle of sunsa who knows how many battles of sunsa there were because this planet seems to be like the border where the two galaxies kind of overlap the two governments so this Honestly, is like, like essentially a dmz
1: you know uh, i am i am on record being like constantly not necessarily annoyed depending on how they handle it of you know the this the sci-fi notion of doing world building by treating entire planets as if they were countries and not following through on the ramification of the scale of that. Um, I, but but given, given what Votoms has set up, I would absolutely believe that they just waged war. Si- like But imagine! Imagine waging war simultaneously on an entire planet.
0: Oh yeah. Like that's the thing I liked about Galactic Heroes was how they circumvented that was that land warfare pretty much didn't exist anymore. Yeah. It was all like you if you defeat the fleet in that orbit, that planet surrenders because there's nothing then stopping you from just orbitally bombarding it to nothing. Yeah, else.
1: it's it's just like it's just like Deep, it's just like Dragon Ball Z of just like I could, I I can just blow up the planet if you really want to fuck with me. Like I don't understand
0: why this is even a conversation. Yeah, but what, but like galactic, I think I feel like the technology in Votoms is still too rudimentary.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's just junk. It's just junk that they figured out how to air seal. <laughs>
0: like that's kind of I love that kind of about Votoms. It like is it makes a point to not take place in our galaxy, so it's just another galaxy already. Uh, already. far
1: far away. Some might say.
0: Yeah, so much. And, and honestly,
1: like that—that—that that, that is the other touchstone—is very much prequel, uh or sorry, pre-prequels Star Wars, of of yes. of just like, which honestly, like that—that's the other thing is like, see, see, like it, it happens all the time in the in these sorts of anime. But uh, if I could if I could take an aside for a second to compare it to like uh, the Mandalorian, which is the most recent Star Wars thing I've been watching, there was there was a moment. There was a moment where, you know, and this happens all the time in sci-fi. I'm just like, ah, fuck, my my ship got really fucked up. I got to find a spaceport quick. And my brain immediately took it to the realism standpoint of just like, dog, this isn't like a car breaking down. What happens? There's no air out there. You can't, what the fuck? This is so scary. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yo, yeah, no, dude, space is fucking terrifying. That's why Char was such a, a nutbag. Is because he'd get into a Zaku without a fucking pilot suit. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> so without a without a normal a, suit.
0: <laughs> yeah, without a normal suit. Honestly, he would. Well, no, the normal suits are bulkier. They're kind of more like the, the ones that, like, the bridge, people on the bridge would oh, wear. Oh, I see. That's a normal suit. A pilot suit or it's like, the skinnier one that doesn't have as much, you know, because you need to be able to move around a cockpit. Yeah. So, like, I'm assuming a normal suit probably has, like, bigger oxygen, you know, and, like, Atmospheric control shit in there. But. But this is
1: Votoms. <laughs> yeah, this is Votoms. Just, just fucking jump in. Jump in, my guy. You get a gas mask, maybe.
0: <laughs> so, um, turns out Space Battleship X is right smack dab in the middle of a demilitarized zone. Great. Okay. Which is bad because a, like, 100 year war just ended. Quota.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Honest. Honestly, anytime anyone in this fucking show says the war ended, the the scare quotes around "ended" are so fucking big in my mind. Oh yeah, it's and, and again, like it's it's hey, the war's been put on pause. Yeah, no, well, it's po- post 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 World War Two pre World War Two war and post World War Two war are radically different concepts honestly and I appreciate both for understanding that like yes. there there's it's you know uh, quote unquote w- wars specific named history book wars do do nothing but get vaguer and vaguer as history goes on. it's it's less about oh fuck like this country pissed off this country and now this is the day they decided to fight. Everybody is just in various levels of
0: espionage
1: and direct combat, and that's the spectrum.
0: Yeah, we've just, we've technically been at war, air quotes, for the last 18 years, if not longer.
1: But yeah, but the whole reason, the whole reason we've been in this quote-unquote war for at least 20 years is because there's decades predating that of just kind of showing up at places and fucking around with all their shit.
0: And yeah, sometimes
1: and that, guns are involved.
0: A lot of the time, guns are involved. So, some tactical espionage operations, so like, if you And will. so
1: that's and so that, that's what immediately struck me about Votoms was just like, okay, cool. The, the The war is over. You You know who aren't acting like the war is over at all? The fucking Anybody. military, especially like, the military.
0: Like, I. I kind of want a little more context for how the war started and ended but also I don't think it's important. No, it's it's
1: important. It's not important and I think it's it's almost it's not important because like it it, it doesn't matter and nobody Nobody with any agency in the war fucking cares, which is just how war- About yeah. what's even going on in the plot. Yeah, no, which is just how wars happen. So, That's how real wars happen. It's just like, you you, you put, you put all of the control of the war into people who ultimately don't care one way or the other and aren't affected by it. It's just their job to be good at whatever war is to them.
0: I think I figured it out. I think I figured out the key difference between Votoms and Gundam as a yes. show. In Gundam, the war is the plot. Uh-huh. In Votoms, the war is the setting.
1: Yes, yes, that's a good way. That's a good. That's a good. Devin did a good. Everyone.
0: I think I figured it. I figured it out Ga- right you here. Folks. Galaxy brained I just galaxy brain. I just death filed in front of all of you. <laughs> My third eye is wide open.
1: Your third, and now, <laughs> and now, all three eyes can fucking do the Votoms rotation on your head. Do do do.
0: God. So. Yeah, so uh, almost immediately a Balaron ship shows up, and they're like, "Why the hell is a Gilgamesh ship in our goddamn DMZ? Uh,
1: Sir, you're not allowed to park here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we finally get to see the Balaron guys. They wear like I like their 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 like weird teal and red uniforms. They match the fatties. Uh-huh. They like it's it's funny how how one faction in this galaxy encompassing war has been a complete non-player
1: yeah i mean you know like i think that that that's just a testament to like it's it's world building and how deep it's willing to go and how much it's 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 just a good it's just a good fucking show it's just a good fucking show any other show would be like ah oh, fuck we we gotta show the opposing side because this is like a war and there's two sides and it's just you know it makes sense you gotta show as, show show import show stuff as quickly as possible as like of the fucking mantra of a lot of fucking like hot like writing in the modern media and like some sometimes it's not always the the case. Especially when you know that you're guaranteed at least fifty episodes. Uh, <laughs> so like again like I, yeah. I am I am continually I am continually just awestruck at the reservation and pace that the show has for itself. I I love it so much.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's it's so great, and and so pretty. Almost immediately, the Gilgamesh government are are contacted by Balaran, and They're like, "Is this your ship?" And they're like, "No." Hey, can
1: you come get your dog? It snuck into our yard Maybe. again. It's not my dog. Your man. scope dog. Can you come get your scope dog? It dug through the fence.
0: So. Almost immediately, the after that, they're like, well, "Oh no, they're not." It's they're claiming it's not their ship, but we don't really believe them because we've been at war with them for fucking fucking hundred years. Over the same over the same few fucking planets, probably. And so, they they sound out like a, 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 the first attack against you know, and then Kiriko and Fianna just decimate them, of course. Yeah,
1: because it's it's it's. God, that's so good. And I do appreciate, because, like, I... I, Again, another thing that I'll say, like... I think that that's the the common through line with my hype for this show, is starting every other sentence with, any other show would have done X, but this show did Y. And so I'm gonna... We stan a king. Um, Any other show would have, like... Obviously still introduced Fiona as a competent pilot, but then as soon as that was established the writing team would have immediately been like, okay, now her only role is to be Kiriko's girlfriend and so she's never gonna get in the cockpit again because why would she? Girls don't pilot mechs. That's gross. Um, which is, you know, not not a mech series, but I will take a Kira Toriyama to task for that for the rest of my life. Um, for every, every cool female character that that man invents, he finds a way to turn her into a housewife. I'm gonna fucking hey girl, he- piss on it.
0: He, he Jennifer Aniston's all of them
1: like at the very like at the very least they reunited Android 18 and 17 for the for the most recent tournament in Dragon Ball Super so that was cool I want to
0: watch that but like yeah like fuck off uh but yeah Fiona still is like just ripping them apart cuz she is in fact a perfect soul Yeah
1: he I mean like okay I'm not going to give like super woke props or whatever like the like the, at this point in the series the the show definitely still does favor fianna as kiriko's girlfriend but like her being
0: pure it makes far more it remembers yeah
1: one it remembers Two, it like she she still pilot she still she still does pilot when she has to i think i'll say like legitimately and again this is the constant grappling when it comes to interpreting characters and their own agency and intentions is at the end of the day at the end of the day, the difference between whether or not I like something is whether or not the the writer who decided what her fate is ultimately was good at coming up with an excuse. you know like at the end of the, like at the, at the end of the day yes the staff wants her to be Kiriko's girlfriend, but they wrote her motivations and arcs and and, and paste it in such a way where i believe that that's what this fictional character wants
0: like uh, my my standard f- and my expectation for things to be quote unquote woke from you know my the, the the further away something is from now the lower my expectations are yeah and for 1983 84 this is oh yeah fantastic
1: oh yeah for for, for yeah this is this is fucking brilliant for that for that era especially um
0: I mean Star Trek was considered woke in 1960 whatever. Yeah. Uh and,
1: and and I guess that is the other thing it's it's like and, you know even if yeah and re- re- honestly regardless regardless of regardless of, of as oh, wow fuck I fuck that sentence up real bad. Regardless of if she never piloted anything again or not. I would still give the writing team props for like okay like at least you didn't just fucking sandbag her or whatever like I would believe that Fiana doesn't ever want to fucking pilot a thing in a war ever again this fucking war has sucked for her um and she just wants to be with her nice boy Kiriko um and she's she's fucking I think that that's the difference right like you know like any yeah. other female character doesn't really earn that like Fiana has Fiana has earned not being a super badass mech pilot anymore, because in the Votoms universe, being that sucks. Um,
0: And also, she, like, and also, her, like, that was a problem I have with, um, with the new 52 Swamp Thing, because I'm a big fan of, like, I'm a big Swamp Thing uh fan. Love Swamp Thing. Love love my big green boy. Love that thing. And Abby Arcane, or Abby Holland later, is one of my favorite characters in any comic book ever. And... I remember being so disappointed that her first appearance in, like, new 52 Swamp thing was her threatening somebody with a shotgun and saying badass one-liners. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I mean, like, there's a way to make an empowered woman without literally stripping away everything that made her interesting and just giving her a That's
1: literally that old-ass Kate Beaton, those Kate Beaton comic strips of, like, the, the three bombshell hot ladies who are just, like, doing a Charlie's Angels pose and going and going like sexism is over we can beat <laughs> people up now that means we're equal and it's just like fuck man but like like that, like so yeah you, honestly like you're right like thinking more about how this was just this was a, like a, an old ass 1980s anime the, the the fact that Fianna can so expertly exist both as a, a fucking ace pilot a, a fucking ace mech pilot, and also an extremely emotional like woman with feelings. Like, you don't fucking see that today. You don't. And and, and 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 you know, like you could always you could always interpret her like that no matter what. But also like the the text, and and this is this is the biggest thing. The text also acknowledges that there's because there, like there's there's a lot of fandoms. There's a lot of fandoms that exist on the backbone of we acknowledge things in characters that the text refuses to acknowledge uh that's like 90 percent of people's love for harry potter is fandom interpretation and things that jk rowling refused to even like mention um but like accidentally put in the book for people to find um and like because you know
0: which he's now claiming is all intentional but that's another podcast
1: um uh, but but like there was there was there's nothing but scenes in in this in this derelict spaceship section of of this season, it it was never it, it was never up for debate because like a worse show a worse show would have just been like, oh Kiriko did all this there but but no like the military is being like there's two ps's on this ship there has to be both of them did this we are fucked yeah <laughs> like so it's it's. A, a lesser written show would have found a way to exclude, like, even if she, even if she, even if she did still participate, a lesser written show would have absolutely found a way to not she acknowledge even her. She saves
0: Kiriko. Yeah. <laughs> like, Kiriko gets, like, out, a little later, Kiriko gets completely outnumbered and, like, loses all of his limbs and passes out. <laughs> but, uh, so, Kiriko returns to the ship after the first attack, and then things start getting really bad. Especially for him, yeah. personally. Whereas the red shoulder theme song starts blasting throughout the ship.
1: I'm like, and this is this is getting way ahead, but I'm so fucking glad that the OVA included that exact fucking musical score.
0: Oh, me too. I was hollering, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I I personally thought that this was like this was haunting. It's watching Kiriko like it's Kiriko always in a good way, always. Kiriko's always so level and so neutral. He, like he doesn't. He's not like a like. He's not like Ryoma screaming in rage or like fighting spirit. Kiriko's like focused, single minded, and haunted. Those are like the three that. that that's Kiriko. Uh. You see him downright manic, and that's scary. Oh yeah, no, he. The,
1: the, it 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 broke him. It broke him in a real bad in a real bad way. And again, like ah uh, like. In a way in in a way that the text acknowledges because is like Fela is so clearly Fiona. I'm sorry? Fiana. I thought I was doing it right that time. I was making the
0: <laughs> I was making the
1: conscious decision to say it, and I thought that meant that it was right. Um
0: Fiona. Maybe you're thinking of Sayla from fucking Double seventy nine. Maybe, that's the
1: only thing. Fiana. There's that extra syllable I gotta remember. Um fuck. But she is so like she is so clearly that fucking partner trying to fucking, trying to fucking be there for somebody in the middle of a fucking episode. And, and you can't do, you can't actually do anything for them. Like, I felt that so
0: hard. Like, there is, the one thing that I did not expect this show to have, like, this is my second time watching it, but I had, this is my first time watching it in like eight years or so. So it's been a while. And I'm much smarter at 24 than I was at 16. Oh fuck! I don't
1: want to do this podcast with 16 year old Devin.
0: No, you don't. You met me like I think you met me when I was 17. But yeah, still, like, luckily,
1: like you know, it was there was a lot there was a lot of our, our of our mutual friend group back then that I thankfully waited a couple years before I actually started talking to y'all on the reg. And it was yeah, yeah, it worked out definitely.
0: Great. It did. You worked. You waited until I was 19. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, a uh... Kiriko is freaking out. It's just essentially all the screens on the ship are blasting at max volume, like, hyper-patriotic music celebrating the Red Shoulders, while they're just casually displaying horrible war crimes the Red Shoulders did on the planet Sunset. And even Fiona's like, I don't know if Fiona, like, meant to say this or, like, knew if Kiriko was a red shoulder or not when she said this, but it was like, wow, they're killing non-combatants. That's fucking awful.
1: I think she did, like, because I think she asked him, like, like, bro, did you, like, did, did you really do this shit? Like, it worded in some way similar to that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I have to imagine because it's like, obviously everybody involved in her PS project obviously knew Kiriko was a red shoulder, right? So yeah. yeah, she must have at least... I I could imagine... I I mean, c-
0: even Pailson, the head of the Red Shoulders, was in the Secret Society, according to the last Red Shoulders. Yeah, so
1: I can imagine she was debriefed on him.
0: Definitely. Um, so it's like... So she definitely knew... Okay, but but, yeah, but, knew but, but again, like, sense. you know... She definitely knew. It's,
1: it's... And this shows... Th- this whole season shows that it's one thing to just be aware of the factual bit of data that's just a sentence that says kiriko was a red shoulder this season unpacks that this season goes no you don't understand kiriko was a red shoulder and we're gonna show you what that means
0: i think you just didn't quite know what a red shoulder was yet. yes like you got a glimpse of it in last red shoulder which is why i like watching the last red shoulder between sunsa i mean not Sansa, yeah. between, um kumin and and uh like the 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 la- the
1: last red shoulder ova did a good job showing like showing that the red shoulders were at the end of the day just people and even if even if it didn't give you the full spectrum of what they got up to it was clear that like these people resent being red shoulders uh so clearly whatever they did was like bad and then this and then the the, the ova that we're going to talk about at the tail end is just like yeah this is this is why the last red shoulder OVA happened.
0: It's like, so as we see, we see them like torching. Like I think that you see them torching just people, houses. It's like they're it's, just it's disturbing, even for like in nineteen eighty. This anime is not super violent. Like the OVAs are a little more. Yeah, like Roots of Ambition was pretty violent, but like. This anime is not the most graphic, but still, it's like disturbing. Yeah, the, the, it's it's the,
1: like it was. They, they are just an you know, like in the in in the Wudu arc. the The only real summary we get of a Red Shoulder is like, oh, like they're like they're super deadly ace. They're super deadly ace mech pilots that like that like nobody even sure if they were really real. And then and then now we we just sort of understand that like they were just. They were an extermination squad, and the reason nobody knows about them is because anybody who saw them is
0: dead. Yeah, like they're the room. Like they were called the Bloodsucker Battalion because to keep fighting, they would drink the blood of their of their own dead comrades. Like that was, but like that, I feel like that's something that like would that's a rumor that would travel along the horrible bloodbath that is the Battle of Sansa. Like I believe that that information could be could be conceivably obtained by Vanilla. We haven't even gotten to the Sunset yet, but... Kiriko is freaking out in a way we've never seen him before. He starts binge drinking and, like, literally... Is it, like, having a, a, a near-lethal panic because attack. Because the thing is, it, play,
1: it plays
0: at random intervals,
1: it, at, at random, like, lengths of hours, I think. I think it plays for, like, oh, hours yes. and hours and hours, and then just randomly shuts off, and then at some point... Maybe sometimes in the same day, but maybe on a different at a different time of day, at literally random, it'll just come back on. No matter where they are, no matter what they're doing, and they cannot turn it off. And it's 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 psychological, like it's psychological
0: torture. There's no ifs ands or buts. It's 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 extremely personal psychological torture. This was individualized for Kiriko. Yeah,
1: and and it's, it's 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 as like as soon as that happened, I was like, oh my fuck, holy shit. Like, this is. This this show... this show starts going off. This show's so
0: good. <laughs> and so, right as this is happening, suddenly the Tetentine warps into the system.
1: You know what? Like, yeah. honest, and, and just a really quick aside comment on how good Votom's is. Like, Votom. Like, I'm having. Only because I brought it up a few minutes ago. I. I still have fun watching The Mandalorian, but Votoms Votoms is as good as I was expecting The Mandalorian to be.
0: <laughs> Soon to be a new Disney Plus live action series: <laughs> Armored Troopers Votoms. Fuck! If if if
1: Disney just got a wild hair up up their ass and decided to use their bi- to use their trillions to just fucking start making live action mech mech shit, I wouldn't hate it.
0: I I would you, in my soul, You absolutely would too. hit.
1: My my stance on my stance on on that kind of shit is like if you're really going to go for it just fucking go for it and if you make enough of it something'll turn out good probably. Oh god. That's how the Marvel but, uh... movies work. Like they're all mostly mediocre, yeah. but every now and again Disney Disney will accidentally hire a good director.
0: Like Winter Soldier was essentially my favorite Metal Gear movie.
1: Yeah, and fucking Thor Ragnarok was was fucking up there. So, so Thor Ragnarok was so good, they had to fucking get rid of half the shit that movie established so that the the mediocre shit Avengers did would make sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't forgiven fucking Infinity War for doing
1: that. Yeah, I'm oh, don't worry. I'm sure Love and Thunder will fix it again.
0: I can't wait for it till the MCU is just as confusing as mainstream and Ultimate Marvel it's, canon. I think it's
1: there right now. I think this I, it is. The, this next phase is the first full phase we'll get of Marvel being of Marvel movies being as confusing as the. They're making a fucking Eternals movie, Devin.
0: I don't even think I've ever read Eternals comic. No, read a lot no of comic
1: one books. has because the the Eternals only exist because DC fired Jack Kirby.
0: So, where were we?
1: Kiriko was having a bad See, time. the
0: Tetentine warps in, the Tetantine just warps in at the worst possible moment. <laughs> and for those who don't remember, the Tetantine is the flagship of the Secret Society. It's the ship Kiriko was on in the first episode when they attacked the asteroid base. It's, it's pretty much bad, it's the bad guy vessel. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the SS bad guy.
0: Uh, and Ypsilon's there too, and he's like, they're doing experiments on him, he has a scar from where fucking uh, Fiona shot him. <laughs> I think she, like, shot across his face and, it, like, hit him, like, it, like, grazed his forehead right above his eye. Sick. But Ypsilon's, like, even madder now. He, yeah. Like, Ypsilon is so mad in this arc. He's
1: so mad, like, to the, to, like, like, the, the like, the, the madder he, like, I... I cared so much about him in the in the last Red Shoulder OVA, and just like the the madder and more butthurt he gets, the more I'm just like shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the would be one of your favorite characters. I
1: mean, he. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe. I yeah, like I I definitely see the like the all the pieces are definitely there. I think he would be my favorite character in a different anime is the thing. I think he is very much... He is very anime. And the thing I love about Votoms is it is it isn't. The rest of it isn't. <laughs> um, I don't hate... I, I don't dislike... I don't dislike Epsilon, though. But, like... I don't know if I have a favorite, favorite character yet. I'll probably be able to summarize my favorite character by the end of it all. Because, like, honestly, like everybody, like, every main character, because that's the other thing that this show does well that other anime does not do. It has a pretty tight cast.
0: Its cast is honestly pretty small, consider Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and on the opposite, uh, and again, like, <laughs> I always, I the, my, my go-to example of the anime trope of there's way too many fucking characters in this show is, like, Bleach. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, so it's like, I... I, I think it's. I think it's a matter of when. When the cast is this tight and like everybody has something good going on for them, I don't necessarily have a favorite character because I just kind of like everybody and what they're all offering. It's like one of my favorite. One of my favorite pieces. One of my favorite animated series is on either. On either hemisphere, like like.
0: I'm glad you like the. I'm glad you like it as much as you. Yeah, do.
1: but like um like for example like Steven Universe is one of my favorite pieces of animation and who my favorite character in that is d- depends on what fucking episode I'm watching uh cuz that that show you know it's it's cast grew throughout but the, it has a it kept a pretty core tight cast of main characters and they're all, they were all you know to temp- I thought they were all pretty well written and handled there's people who disagree uh <laughs> but but yeah like I don't have I don't have a favorite I I rarely have a favorite character if it's a show that I love a lot because I fucking love all of all of these fucking motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like um so the Tatantine shows up and pretty much destroys the shit out of the Valorant ship, which is a very bad luck that there's a Gilgamesh ship, two Gilgamesh ships here and now there's a blown up Valorant ship. It's just not a good luck. Nah.
1: Your vibes are rancid, like, bro.
0: So, the, the ship is rapidly approaching Sunsa, and the Tetentine attacks, and it's probably, like... This is when the show's... I think this is, like, this... These two episodes, I'm thinking, like, they're episode 32 and 33, uh-huh. are probably the best episodes of, like, any 80s anime I can recall right now.
1: Yeah, they, they, they are... Have, this is... This is, like... Yeah, this is peak. This is peak Photoms.
0: Like you have Fiona and Kiriko fighting off the fighting off the secret society Kiriko is, as the, as they're entering the atmosphere essentially ypsilon and kiriko have a great fight They're like the ship crashes and it's just it's just complete utter chaos yeah. and i think one of my favorite bits in the entire show is right at the end of episode 33 i'm going to say it is where they're driving they finally are like they, the secret society is routed ypsilon got defeated again because Kiriko set, like, a fucking trap with the engines. And almost killed Ypsilon, but I think Fiona like... I think Fiona hesitated at what some point during the plan, because she didn't want to kill Ypsilon. Which makes more sense if you watched Last Red Shoulder. Yeah. Because it's like, if I didn't watch Last Red Shoulder, I would be like, <laughs> why the fuck does she care?
1: <laughs> no, de- yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> like, I... Part of me... Um... I, I I am honestly glad, like, I, you know, and I don't always do this, I'm usually, I'm usually such a slut for chronological production order only, um...
0: But, but we broke that rule with Gundam, too. E-
1: yeah, no, g- yeah, Gundam's fine, because, like, it, it, it does depend. I, I think for, 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 for long-running stuff like this, for, for stuff that, I mean, I think here's the thing, right, for stuff that legitimately cares about its chronology... I'll go chronological. But most ongoing franchises, a a lot of their side stuff that happens in the middle of their originally produced stuff that came before it tends to just kind of be fandom jerks that don't actually offer anything other than hey, you remember this character? We we set this OVA at this point in the timeline because they're not dead yet or some shit like that. And other than that, it's just another fun adventure that you don't really need the context for in the greater work. Um, yeah. And in Gund- like, like Gundam's different from that. Sometimes. Again, it depends on the Gundam show. Gund- Gundam is almost the opposite end of the spectrum where it's so long-running and there's so many different entries that there's...
0: And Gundam cares so much about its content. Gundam
1: cares about yeah. Gundam cares about its content. Gundam, the I feel like all of the, the core animated entries, care about how they coincide with one another, definitely. Um,
0: but so yeah, we've now. But one of my favorite moments in the entire show was uh, at the end of episode thirty-three, where they're They're in like a dune buggy going across the planet. And then they're suddenly just surrounded by a ton of armed vehicles, and Kiriko just says, I felt like screaming.
1: Yeah, I did see that, and I was like, oh, hey, it's that image Devin sends me once a week.
0: <laughs> it's become a reaction image of mine, but Kiriko is essentially so done. And his best line, I think, one that, like, I think perfectly encapsulates Kiriko, is while they're fighting Ypsilon and the Secret Society off, or it might have been Balleron at one point, uh-huh. I forgot who they were fighting. They fought a lot of dudes um, in that ship. And, uh, where Kiriko just says to Fiona, like, please, will you fight alongside me until we both die? <laughs> and that's, like, I I think that was honestly Kiriko's best attempt at being romantic.
1: Yeah, no, like, he might as well have, like, gotten down on one fucking knee.
0: <laughs> like, will you please kill these people with me until we can... No oh my god, no, that's anymore. the only, like,
1: the, like, Ki- like, Kiriko wouldn't even know that but like, fucking... Kiriko's version of getting down on one knee is like they're both in scope dogs, and he makes his scope dog do the fucking leg buckle thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's too silly. So we 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 boot up to episode thirty four now, and now we're we're officially in the Sunsa arc because we're on Sansa. Uh, we run. So it turns out that these guys know Gotho, Vanilla, and Cocoda. Who, who
1: who even who could have guessed? Um Yeah, just just because it's like I, I love how they always come up with like they they always come up with reasons why Gotho is there. I'm <laughs> just like, like Oh I... yeah, I knew like uh like fucking like I think someone's just like of course Gotho is here. He's just such a good like like businessman or whatever. Like yeah, he'd get in this He's just a
0: good shady businessman with a heart of gold. Yeah. Um Cause it's like, wh- I wonder how much time has passed between Kuman and Sunset. Cause it, was it like a Getter Armageddon Rioma thing? Where, because th- if you think about it, then the the,
1: the only the only thing that says to me is the the speed the speed at which Battleship X or whatever the fuck it's called, uh, Grosier X, fucking uh, the battleship was traveling was slower than it could have gone, because. G- g- Gotho and company beat them by what seemed to be enough time to establish a a local scrap business there. Um...
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I I don't know if, like, they left Kuman and went to, and, like, Gotho was like, I got some shit on Sunso we can do, I guess. Yeah, because that's
1: the, and you know what? That's the other thing, because it's like, Kiriko and Kiriko and Fianna. I knew there was an extra syllable. I didn't know where it was. Fianna, Kirikilan, I'll get by the by the last season of this show, I'll have her name down pat, and then we'll never have to say it again. Um, uh, by Kiriko and Fianna, Fiana, like left the planet basically immediately, uh, and so I would imagine Gotho probably had to get a cup of like a little bit more time to like get off the one figure out where to even go and to get off a planet to get there. I uh, this is the one time I'm willing to chalk this up to like plot convenient writing of just like uh, yeah, they're there because they're the main characters and they have to be there with Kiriko and that's fine.
0: <laughs> well, if you if you believe a lot of the stuff in Last Red Shoulder with like Kiriko's kind of weird thing, we'll get into that with his his like being dislatched from fucking causality
1: uh oh yeah no absolutely that's at, at that point yeah we will get into that but at, 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 once you get that deep into that kind of shit then all bets are off and it's just chaos
0: And it's just the best shit. I love Roots of Ambition, but we're going to get there in a second. I have Um, thoughts
1: about Roots of Ambition. I love it overall, but it's definitely an extremely interesting monkey wrench in Votoms as a whole.
0: Yes, it is. And I thought, I was going to have us watch it after Koomin, but but now I'm so glad we watch it after Sunset. This is so much more relevant to Sunset. Yeah, no, totally. Um, So... But... Speaking of Sansa, we meet
1: Zophie. I love Zophie. And I I'm sure you want to talk about Zophie. She is bi- she I mean, I look, I don't wanna talk I don't wanna, I don't wanna talk about Zophie because all the time I could I could waste talking about Zophie is time spent kissing her. Um <laughs> She is big she's she's big she's big wife. Before I even knew her name was Zophie, everybody just kept calling her boss, and I'm like, this is my new favorite mecha character who was called boss.
0: <laughs> because boss from Massacre Z can go fucking suck a dick.
1: Yeah, he can he can he can go build he can go build his shitty robot man out of garbage with his fucking uh uh weird like s- single room apartment cockpit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah with a fucking a hot plate and a and a uh what's the table that gets hot
0: f- and, for your uh, legs? Uh, I, I...
1: It's not a Kotetsu, that's a Jig.
0: <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> it's, it's... It's, it's, a, it's a Jig.
1: Um, I mean, it falls apart like Jig, but Jig is supposed to.
0: I don't know what they're called.
1: Kotatsu.
0: There it is, you were close. I'm... So... Essentially, at first, everyone's like, hey, yeah, a friend of Gotho's, a friend of mine. But Kiriko's definitely acting different, and, like, Gotho's the first to call him out on it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I honestly, like, a, what, b- I mean, b- before it got to the eventual twist of, like, everybody finding out he's a red shoulder, at first, I was, I just sort of interpreted it as, like, okay, like, because pre- in the previous arc, I was sort of I was sort of praising the, I was sort of praising them for being like, okay, like they they are they are sympathetic to Kiriko's demeanor because they understand where he's coming from and they like him anyway as a person. But but I think Gotho finally is just like, dude, like after all we fucking been through, like you still act like this and it's getting kind of shitty and like you need to you need to put some fucking monicum of effort with all we're doing for you.
0: Um, like he accuses him of being a killing machine, and I actually like that that shakes Kiriko. Yeah. I like that Kiriko doesn't just brush it off. He t- he like that that like rattles him. He he starts kind of like God. Is that all I am? Am I just a red shoulder killing machine? Because that
1: that that's definitely hit. That's definitely been his entire crises. This 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 fucking this arc.
0: And so, the Tetentine attacks. Uh, there there there's um. You know, there's standing turtles assaulting. their kind of, I guess, they repurposed, like a military base of some kind belonging to one of the sides, and they're like a bunch of, they're like a bunch of just, you know, ragtag, mad, not Mad Max looking dudes, but they're like, they look, they look, they look like they're out of like Zabungle.
1: Yeah, big Zabungle vibes. I've, I watched, I watched the first handful of episodes of Zabungle. I would love to cover that on the show sometime.
0: I, I you know me, I, I love myself some Tomio, uh-huh. and so. uh The essentially they, they uh, they start saying like. Well, like uh, Sophie ta- ends up you know talking to Kiriko, but, I mean, not to Kiriko to uh, Kokona because Kokona is now seeing Kiriko with Fiona and you know even though she's has sort of a thing with Vanilla, she's still like smitten with Kiriko. Yeah,
1: she's she's you know she's she's disappointed in and you know like,
0: and is also feeling insecure next to Fiona.
1: Yeah, I, and I. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is more about who I am as a person and my own life experiences. Because you could absolutely, you could absolutely, it's a valid interpretation to write that off as like, ugh, like Kokono's just being like, a, like a jealous girl for no fucking reason because she already has a cool guy, but she's just, she just doesn't like that a guy she used to like likes a different girl who's not her. But it's I, I, I just see it as like, man, sometimes it's more than that. Like that's it, a little. Sometimes that's relatable. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes that's that's a very human. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes sometimes even if you, sometimes even if you decide to not date a person, you selfishly wish that they were upset about your decision.
0: Sometimes, when you date a person, that sometimes when you start dating a person, you still have feelings for the person you used to be dating. And it takes a while for that to go away. Yeah, sometimes,
1: sometimes feelings. Sometimes sometimes pizza, sometimes times.
0: Um. And so she's like... So, like, an attack is happening, and I guess Coconut and Vanilla are, like, kind of helping her, Coconut. And Coconut, like, starts venting to zophie uh-huh. kind of during this. And she's like, I don't know, there's like... The, Kiriko's cold because he was a red shoulder, I guess. And then all of a sudden, like, Kill Bill sirens start going off. Yeah,
1: on. no, that was, that was such a fucking turn for that was too big turn that was so buck wild to me i really did it's so quick too and i it's, love it how quick it's, it is it's the fucking it's 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 like equally quick as just like order 66 in star wars <laughs> just immediately yeah. just like oh i'm gonna murder this person now
0: <laughs> and so You know, the the standing turtles are attacking, some of the sunset guys are dying, and then Zophie gets on the mic and it's like, hey, the guy we're protecting here, and his fucking PS girlfriend, he's a fucking red shoulder. And everyone is just like, oh, oh, why the fuck are we protecting a red shoulder? God. And they just immediately turn on them. Like you guys said that you'll leave us alone if we give you this fucking PS and his, I mean, does he you this fucking PS and her boyfriend? And they're like, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll stop shooting at you. And <laughs> Sophie's like, deal. And
1: they're like, dude, what if he just gave this fucking red shoulder and his PS girlfriend his his fucking army? That'd be cool. That'd be cool.
0: That'd be cool. And it's it's not cool for Kiriko. Things go as bad as you'd expect. Things go awry.
1: As is often one to do in Kiriko's life,
0: so th- everything explodes. <laughs> As is one to do in in Votoms, but it gets to a point now where, essentially, Kiriko and Fiona's Fian- not doing hot. Nah, no, she she needs
1: she she needs her juice.
0: She needs her Gigerium, and she needs to recharge. She's low on batteries, so. So at this point, Fiona Star is pretty much, you know, catatonic or barely able to move. And I, one of my, another moment I, I love with, with Kiriko, another good character. Kiriko gets so many good character moments in this uh-huh. arc. Where she's like, like, she's, her body's like shutting down and she's like, I'm cold, hu- hold me. And Kiriko's kind of like, uh, and she's like, please. And he's like, okay, I'll try. God. And he like, and I'm like, Kiriko's never held another human being. He's never done this before he's like uncertain like what what do, ha, i know how to break your neck in three places with my arm and I, i'm gonna try not to do that
1: yeah it, it really is the equivalent of like like somebody who's not a who's somebody who's like scared of being a parent being asked to hold a baby it's just like i don't want to break them <laughs> yeah I think I think it, I texted it, you that I was just like Chir- Chirico, like like looking at her,
0: looking at his girlfriend, and being like,
1: "But what if I drop you?"
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's very much what it is. And so for about an episode and a half, we have uh, essentially Kiriko finds that there is a, a an old abandoned military base, and they probably got Gigerium there. And so he treks across the desert with Fiana, uh, Gotho. And coconut and vanilla are kind of like tailing behind, and so is Sophie, and really wanting to fucking kill Kiriko. This,
1: this, this is like, I mean the 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 whole the whole derelict like, the whole derelict like, ship part was like top tier moment of the the series, but like this is honestly a close second for this arc of just their fucking trek through the desert. This just, This... This war of attrition between three people, of just Sophie, Sophie just following them to almost certain death and being like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna outlive. You. I hate you so much. I'm going to risk my life and do and and like do nothing but try to live long enough to get one fucking shot at your stupid ass."
0: <laughs> like my one of my favorite bits. I, I know I'm saying that for everything, but it's so good in this arc. Everything in this arc is god tier Yes. It's, it's Kino. With, like... Kiriko is holding... Like, he has, like, Fiona strapped to his back. In, like, a way you would actually make a thing to carry another person for a long distance. Yeah. And he, like, takes her off, holding her in, in his arms, and he's just like, okay, fine. Kill me. You can do that. Just please make sure she gets Jijerium. Take her to the destination. Just... Fucking kill me if that's what you want to do. Just please take care of her. This is literally all I care about.
1: Yeah, did Kiriko?
0: Kiriko's got nothing else going for him. Like, there's at this point, what I didn't expect this show to have was this one of the single most believable love stories. Yeah, like I do not doubt for a second that Kiriko and Fiana would 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 love each other. I do not doubt that for a second. Like
1: if like honestly like if 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 you want Mech. If if you want me if you want Mecca with like a com- with like actually compelling romance, like first like uh, don't watch OA The MS team. Uh <laughs> I mean do, it's good. Um but The love story is just the
0: weakest part of it. If MS your
1: team. beef with OA The MS team was the love story, like
0: watch times, Fucking Yeah. Like it's I that like one thing I don't like how people can analyze—another way that some people analyze romance is that people, do people need reasons to be in love with each other? Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, they have no reason to have a romantic spark between each other. It's just like, love is the single most subjective and irrational thing on the planet. Yeah, no, y- y-
1: it is definitely less about needing—you definitely don't need a reason to fall in love, but you, you need a reason to maintain it. And that the follow through is what's important to me, at least, because like I, yes. I fall in love with people all, all the time. <laughs> I'm just used. It's... I'm just used to it by now. And then I just, you know, what happens? I just don't follow through, and it goes away eventually. Yeah, <laughs> Most of the time, like... sometimes it doesn't, and that's bad. But that's but a different like... pot. Well, I'm not gonna say that's a different podcast. I'll never <laughs> record that part of my life on audio. <laughs>
0: It's, um, because the thing that really strikes me about it is that their relationship also does make sense. Sure, they didn't, like, have a meet-cute. Sure, they didn't, they don't have, you know, a mutual thing that they talk about. It's like, I... Fiona was built to kill, and Kiriko was trained to kill. That's all they know how to do. That's all they were ever designed for. And yet they still feel warmly about each other as if they are the only good things in the universe that exist to each other. I I think
1: also what helps a lot is the lack of the lack of understood love language between the two. These are like, they are so obviously two people in love who have zero clue how to fully articulate that. So you like it just circumvents all the cornball shit that you that partners say to each other both in real life and in fiction that just makes you go like oh, fuck that um and it's just it's just two people trying to fi- like it's 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 one thing to it's one thing to be in love it's another thing to have no fucking clue how to be in love and yeah. which usually Is how it ends up happening in reality. (laughs) And Kiriko and Kiriko and Fianna are are very much two people so clearly in love. And what. One, they don't realize it. And, you know, usually that sort of conflict is just like tragedy bait of just like star-crossed lovers in the wrong place at the wrong time in their lives who never make it. But like, yeah, but. These two are just like, I don't understand why I feel these things for you, but it's the only anchor I have in my life. This is the only, the only thing that makes sense to me is the feelings that make no sense to me. So I'm going to chase, yeah, I'm, I'm going to follow, so yes, I, I have nothing to live for, so I might as well chase this for as long as I can. And that's, it's... that's so real. This
0: show is so good. <laughs> Why does nobody talk about Votoms? Uh,
1: robots aren't cool enough.
0: I mean, what what did the director that, that quote from the director say? Like Votoms is like golf. It's I, I enjoy it, but some people find it very long, very boring, and there's not enough cute girls around. Yeah,
1: and I think my defense was like Kokuna's cute enough for this whole to carry this whole fucking series fuck off.
0: So all three of these. So essentially, the all. Pretty much every character in this arc, uh, converges at the, the um. At converges at the the abandoned base. Fiona's getting some Gigerium. Uh, Zofi is still trying to kill Kiriko, and Gotho, Coconut, and Vanilla have shown up. And at this point, is when we we get some deep character moment. We get a good character moment for Coconut. That I think you want to talk about.
1: God, yeah, no, so, I mean, so, th- so this is, like, when, when they all, when when they finally get to the old base with the Jajirium and everybody's back together? Yeah. Yeah, so basically, like, now now that Kiri And, like, <laughs> they show up in such a fucking, like, fast and furious, we're a family way, they're just all in a fucking jeep and just, like, careen over the dunes to save Kiriko at the last second, it's so good- um it's great. And so but then like they still have to deal with Zofie who is like who I also respect that they didn't just immediately murder because like oh you want to kill our friend Kiriko. The the writing could have easily just painted her as a villain and it didn't. It 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 actually said like we're going to actually grapple with like Zofie's grievances
0: and they show the flashback and that it's it's haunting. She like you 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 kind of get this idea of ultra badass Sophie, but then like you see her as just like a regular ass woman who's getting she, menaced by giant scope dogs. She, yeah, she she was she's like, uh, yeah, she 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 probably had
1: children. I think she had children. Yeah, she she was thrust she was thrust into this role. She was thrust into this role out of necessity because she lost everything else, and this is this is the person she had to become to get what she wanted, which is just vengeance, um, and like. Uh, like it, it's been a minute since I finished this arc and we're recording, so like it's it's not as fresh in my mind as it as it was when I was just like so in my feelings about this fucking scene, but like, coconut just fucking goes off on her, um, Co- like coconut just fucking like just real talks her so hard ho- like that way that like. That way that everybody wants to just like the, the way that everybody always wants to when when you just when someone's just being a shithead and you absolutely know what their problem is and you just want to be like fucking I like I you just want to grab them and like and it realistically won't ever happen because like 99% of the time somebody somebody just won't let you tell everything that they need to tell you everything they need to tell them everything that they need to hear but like, Co- Coconut, yeah. you know, this is fiction, so Coconut gets to. Um, like, the, the, the thesis of her whole spiel is the strongest part, and it's just, like, like, how dare you think you're the only fucking person affected by this war? How dare you fucking act like you're the only person who lost everything, who fucking, like... And then, like, unless I missed something in the voodoo arc, like, this is the first time Coconut actually just admits, like, yeah, fucking like I lost my family. I lost everybody in this fucking war. I don't have anybody anymore. Yeah, her
0: whole family's
1: fucking dead, and like no one knew that, uh, including the audience. Yeah,
0: she just drops that on the audience, which is great. Um, and it and
1: it it's the perfect moment to do it, right? Because again, this is the and this is this is my fucking mantra for this series a le- a lesser anime still would have had a character like Kokona secretly having the tragic backstory, like this this clearly ditzy, bubbly comic relief character, like, oh no, she has a super fucked up past. But the way it's introduced and like the moment that she chooses to actually reveal this and the the, the performance and the pacing and the writing were just so less exploitative it's about not, it.
0: It's not it's not even that Coconut has a tragic backstory. It's a fact that Everyone does. Everybody. Everybody does. Coconut. Yeah, that. that, that. Everybody's life was destroyed by an intergalactic yeah, war. Yeah, so it's
1: like. And she basically tells her, like, you don't get to do whatever you want just because you're sad. We're all fucking sad. We're all figuring out how to be sad together. You're not allowed to just go out and fucking be an asshole about it. Like, you're not entitled to that. And that's just. That was the strongest fucking moment in this whole fucking season, which is all which is all strong moments.
0: This entire arc, the, like, these, like, 11 episodes were just bam, 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 <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Like, just all, all knocking it out of the park. Good lord. Like, because when I could think back, because it's been, like, once again, before I started my rewatch, like, a month ago, I my, my memory, I was going on eight or nine years of- Right, memory. and it
1: all just sort of blurs together.
0: And I only really remembered a lot of the crazy shit from, like, the ending. I completely forgot about how good this arc was. Like, this- maybe I just didn't appreciate it as much when I was 16. Because this is three episodes where there's absolutely zero robots. Uh So, um, I'm- maybe my watching priorities have changed in eight years. It it,
1: really was just, like, a a multi-episode extended long shot of three people dying in the desert. (laughs)
0: I li- I actually really like the, the, the gas mask they have with the battery in that's it, always low. Yeah, it
1: is so good. It it honestly it gave me it gave me so much survival video game anxiety. <laughs>
0: It was death stranding.
1: <laughs> it was death stranding. It was like it was death stranding. It's don't starve. It's like mine it's like Minecraft when you just say to yourself, "I'm going to go see what's on the other side of this biome." And then you just run sprinting through the woods at night with half a heart and you've completely forgot where your spawn point is, but you have <laughs> but you have so much rare, rare rare material on you. You can't just die.
0: Yeah, it's like that, and I I, I kind of like the comic relief for when Van from when Vanilla and Coconut are yelling at each other and they keep taking. Oh their my match. god, I
1: forgot about that bit. That was such a good. That was such a good bit. Oh, they're so funny. They're like they legitimately are. They're they're legitimately are a co- a comedy duo, but it's I don't know it something about like something it's it really is something subtle about the tone and pacing of Votoms that like in another show, it would just be like, man, shut the fuck up with this bullcrap like, fucking comic relief like, bull fucking sitcom bullshit in the middle of my serious robot drama. But it's like, something about Votoms invites that levity and the way that they do it, it, I don't, I, I can't really put my finger on what it is, but it just
0: works. It's because the comedy isn't too over the top. It's mostly just comedic conversations or people yelling at each other for being stupid. Yeah,
1: and it... it, it, it uh, yeah, it's just so fu- It's just so fucking solid. It's just such a solid fucking shit.
0: Like, that's such a subtle gag, is that this thing muffles my voice and I want to yell at you more, <laughs> but I keep taking it off and then I keep inhaling toxic fumes from this stupid apocalypse Yeah, I apocalypse keep fucking planet.
1: suffocating because there's no oxygen, there's not enough oxygen in the fucking air. God damn it. And I'm yelling, which makes
0: it worse. So I think at that point, Zophie kind of like... Essentially, walks off into the desert to never be seen again. Yeah, which is also kind of like I, I, I want some. I want to read some edgy fan fiction about what happens later after that. Yeah,
1: where's where's my fucking spinoff opa about Sophie?
0: <laughs> and so, at that point, everyone's kind of still trying to figure out what exactly to do when the Balarons show up again. The. the more tests have been done on on Ypsilon, and the and the um, the Schmetel twins are now entirely convinced that he's now perfect. He is ma- He he's is one hundred percent. He is
1: now at peak butthurt, and we can unleash him upon the world.
0: He's a he's he is Max Petty right now.
1: Um, Max Petty. That's a good Gundam name.
0: Uh... He's 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 at maximum levels of petty and butthurt, and he is. Absolutely ready to kill. Here we go. Yeah. He... Like they keep us they essentially. Like it's almost like the uh, the calibration. Did you see Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Ryan Gosling has to go through like these calibration tests in order to like um, because c- he's a replicant and to like to like not go rogue, he has to like, always get do like essentially like subliminal like brainwashing. I do not
1: know he was a replicant. And I'm imagining
0: it. We were and, we posted uh, that episode
1: right where we did the original Blade Runner. Yeah, we did a, we did Blade Runner final cut. Okay, cool. I might want to. I want to do 2049. Yeah, I want. I was about to say like I don't want to. I don't want to watch. Well, actually, I I might again. But um, part of me was like maybe I'll listen to our podcast episode on the first Blade Runner and then watch twenty forty nine.
0: <laughs> I, I like it more than even when I watched it back then. So I don't know. It has like it, once again it does have some problems because it, it, it has a. It, it grows.
1: I I do think I like it every time I watch. I like it a little more every time I watch it, for sure.
0: It's one of those movies. And so, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do an SD, which is have our opinions on Blade Runner changed at all.
1: Yeah, no, it's just it's just Bl- Bl- Blade Runner twenty forty nine in parentheses, and also Blade Runner again, <laughs> and and then and then um, in brackets, and also the the anime that happened.
0: Well, I I wanted to talk about the, when we do twenty four now. We should talk about the short yeah. movies. And there's a comic book that just came out. There's the TV series being made by uh, on a, by Adult Swim that I think is going to follow up on one of the short. What? Films. I didn't know about that one. Holy oh, shit! And uh, I don't know I don't know if it's in like production hell or something, but people were making a big fuss about it a couple like uh, like a year ago. Huh? And then uh, then the Blade Runner FMV game. Oh no! It was like a it was like a point and click adventure game from the nineties. Just got put on Gog. Oh shit! So, so we have we have Blade Runner expanded universe stuff we could talk about, but that's for a future podcast. Uh-huh. Um. So at this point, Rochina comes back, who has been pretty much absent from this entire arc. Yeah, and he's suddenly working for the other side, which makes you think, who the fuck is he?
1: He is a strange one for sure.
0: His his motives are are incredibly mysterious at this point. He essentially, at the end of the Kuman arc, he pretty much gave his letter of resignation to the government. Yeah, he well, cause he, cause like he he was, it,
1: that whole sequence where he just sort of is like he just sort of like, like quits unofficially because he can't, um, uh, cause he he's so. He can't keep chasing Kiriko. Yeah, he's 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 so hyper... because at, at first it just sort of comes off like he's like the detached military man who just cares about doing his job. It just so happens that his job is Kiriko, but then he's just so hyper focused on Kiriko, and his superior officers are like, "Yeah, you're not getting the you're not getting the results we want, so you're off this case." And he basically tells them without officially telling them, like, "Okay, cool, I'm gonna go find Kiriko. I'm gonna go track down Kiriko on my own then." Peace out, y'all.
0: Yeah. And now he's just suddenly a high ranking member of the opposing team, and you're like, excuse me. And so,
1: like, so so then it's obvious, and so that just establishes that like, okay, so so this dude has this dude has ideas and plans concerning Kirigo that have absolutely nothing to do with the military.
0: At all. And this is when shit starts getting really interesting. But Kiri essentially he's like, we're gonna leave you guys alone. We're gonna fight off the secret society. We'll we'll take you guys off Sansa. But you gotta fuck it. We I want to watch you and Ypsilon final destination. No items, fox only. <laughs> and he reveals to Fiata pretty quickly that Kiriko is in fact a perfect soldier, which is not the biggest reveal considering the amount of carnage and mayhem yeah kiriko has survived Uh, but it's almost like we reach that point of like we're in this arc i think we're already supposed to be questioning is kiriko even human
1: yeah and and again like it's because because at first at first there's some suspension of disbelief just because of how fiction works there's you know there's the notion of plot armor it's like well he's the protagonist of course we're gonna like this this is a story about a really good pilot But the text, like, even the text itself is just continually, like, is just continually, like, why the fuck is is Kiriko the only fucking person who can go head-to-head with perfect soldiers? And, like, this isn't normal, and something's up, and Kiriko's just like, like, I don't have the introspective abilities to answer these questions that you're asking me.
0: Like even last red shoulder, it's you can't just say oh it's because he's a red shoulder. It's like that's not like oh he's a Spartan in Halo, no. so he can do anything. It's like y- Ypsilon Yipsilon Ypsilon within twenty four minutes of being within twenty four hours of being born, <laughs> kills all most of
1: Kiriko's friends.
0: God, and, and so what do you what do you think about the final battle of Ypsilon and Kiriko? Uh,
1: it was. A lot. I mean, I mean, honestly, like, I, I don't have a lot of beat for beat commentary. Like, my my main thing was the sequence where they get fucking caved in, and
0: yeah, that's that's what I want. That's what I yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Because again, again, this like again, this this show is not wow cool. Like, this show is not wow cool. robot Even when the fucking rivals are facing off, like the thing that's gonna stick with you is fucking kiriko getting out of the scope dog and it sounds like what the f- what the fuck are you doing what are you doing stop that like cut it out like this is we're supposed to fight to the death like you know wh- why aren't you why aren't you being the goku to my vegeta right now and kiriko's like because i don't because i i have i have like a reason to live and i gotta go uh so either you like I have a girlfriend. Yeah, like my girl, my, God, my uh, like my girlfriend's gonna be fucking pissed if I'm late. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and and so, but no, what he's actually like is like fucking, cause cause there's no there's no point. This is stupid. Um, like either help me get out of here or just shoot me. Like there's no other there's any other thing that you do is gonna be stupid. <laughs> um. And so, yeah, and it's just it's so good again because like on paper, like there's so much stuff in votums that on paper comes off as like really fucking tropey, and just like the way it's handled and the way it's weaved into the narrative and the way that's written and paced and tonally,
0: like tonally weighed. All this that works. show manages to lampshade every single trope it has
1: and i don't even like and i don't even know cuz again like i don't know much about like the 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 beat to beat production or like the indiv- like the individual people's opinions as they were making it but like i would believe that necessarily it wasn't even super intentional like these people are just good writers
0: yeah like, this is just a really solid show this just came together they they got the right people at the right time making the right thing yeah
1: um
0: and how rarely that if, happens!
1: Like it's like if there's any kind of fucking like translated like either like in- interviews or like production commentary of any kind about this fucking show, I would love to hear from the people
0: who actually fucking made this thing. That's 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 something we have the benefit of from when we get into Yamato. Is that I showed you? There's that site. It's a Star Blazers fan site. That is just littered with so much production and info and interviews with Leiji Matsumoto and the other directors and all that. Yeah,
1: like honestly, and like I believe, I believe that uh, Votoms deserves that. Yeah.
0: So, at this point, eventually Kiriko and Ypsilon do, in fact, fight to the death, and you like. I love kind of how brutal Ypsilon's death is because it's not like. He just kind of bleeds out and dies because a bullet can go straight through a scope dog into you.
1: Yeah, no, like that. That's the thing. Like scope scope dogs. Scope dogs are not for the soldier's protection. Scope dogs are no. scope dogs are very much like the the mecha equivalent of a tie fighter. The only reason you're alive is because you're good.
0: That's what the I hear Kiriko is the Baron Suntier fell of anime. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that in canon the emperor refused to put shields on the tie fighters because in order to make the pilots care way more about not getting hit? Yeah,
1: no, I'm I I'll be I will be shocked if it's not the first time you've met, we've mentioned this on the podcast because that's one of my favorite trivia facts about the empire. <laughs> about the
0: Yep. So y- Ypsilon and Well, K- Fiona finally tells Kiriko that he's a PS and that he shouldn't kill Ypsilon because you know, they're the only three of their kind. Yeah. And Fiona has kind of like a, a maternal love for Ypsilon. She's torn between her romantic love for Kiriko and her like... Familial. Maternal, her familial love for Ypsilon.
1: Yeah, if it's not like, because obviously, like, again, Last like last Red Shoulder was made after the fact. I don't know, I don't know if they had at the very least like outlined anything that was later used in last red shoulder like during production i i think
0: the stuff from the three ovas we were watching with this show were conceived with the show because these only came out like a year after the show ended
1: okay cool so then yeah so then they were yeah you know what yeah that makes sense at the very least they were being produced at the same time as the last season probably
0: yeah because all the ovas came out in 85 and the show ended in 84
1: okay so then yes yeah, so, but, but but regardless like at this point to an audience watching it chronologically, if if nothing else it is a it is a familial love, if not specifically maternal.
0: That's just the vibe I personally get. Yeah,
1: no, totally. Um
0: Her full grown dirt baby. Her fucking cabbage patch kid. <laughs> and so from there on, you know, Ypsilon has a pretty good moment where he's essentially like, my Kiri goes all like in disbelief, like "No, I'm a I'm a human. I'm not a PS." And Ypsilon's like, "Dude, you're you're a fucking PS. Don't don't do this to me. Don't give. Don't make me die n- thinking that a human being killed a perfect soldier. My pride can't take it."
1: God, he is Vegeta, huh? Um.
0: <laughs> I think he predates Vegeta by a good decade.
1: Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Like like Goku was still a baby while this was going on. I think I don't even know what Dragon Ball started yet. I think Dragon Ball started like the mid '80s, like the manga.
0: I thought it did. Goku at most was still. Ula, the Bulma was at least in a bunny suit. <laughs> yeah, dr- that's how early
1: we're talking. Yeah, Dragon Ball was an extremely different manga at this point. <laughs> um. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. So Dragon Ball started uh, uh, before uh, j- just just around the tail end of Botoms, if not after it had already finished.
0: Nice, and uh, right at the end of the arc, uh, Kiriko once again leaves. Uh, so I think he leaves with Fiona. in the same shuttle he they arrived in. Yeah. And uh, Roshi is like, "Listen, dude, go to the planet of Quaint." everything will
1: be revealed there yes yeah i remember i i do remember that now because like i i i sent you like a joke about going to dagobah because it was it was it was, it was so equally cryptic of just like go to this random ass planet and so all all of your plot questions will be revealed kiriko and also the audience and I haven't watched and it anymore since then, so I got no fucking clue what I'm in for, and I'm super excited, because this show does nothing but surprise me.
0: Yeah, I, how, were, were you, how, what, I'm curious, what, were you worried that you wouldn't enjoy votos
1: I, no, 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 I, at the, like, at the very least, I thought it would be fun, like, if nothing else, because it's, like, I, just, just from looking at it, what I went in with was, like, Okay, this is gonna be like like a gritty like sci like sci-fi g- grimy post-apocalypse, like not this like not steampunk. I guess diesel punk might honestly be slightly more realistic, but like n- neither of them. But like that that vague aesthetic, you know, um, and just mm-hmm. like a real robot thing where like w- war is bad and like everyone's fucked up and dirty all the time, and like I was. Capital W
0: War is Capital W. Yeah, bad.
1: and and you know I that's not a, that's not a diss, and if that's if that's all this show was, I'd still be watching it and talking about it and having a good time. And this show is those things. Like that's the thing. Like it 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 met my expectations absolutely, but it's also done nothing but exceed them since the first handful of
0: episodes. Oh yeah, like voodoo Arc, I like. This show has like tripled in quality since. Oh then. yeah,
1: I th- okay yes. Now that you say that, that is the thing. What what I was expecting was fifty episodes of Voodoo.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the sunsaw arc, and we're gonna finish this episode off by talking about the second OVA. I'm not sure if this was the last one made or the second one made out of the three, but this one, but the last one takes place during the Quint arc, so we're gonna. Talk. Uh, I keep saying Quent because uh, that was the subs I remember were Quent, not quaint. Um,
1: I feel like you can fudge that. It's just a matter of pronunciation. I didn't.
0: It, it's just a. It's just a matter of roman of romanizing katakana. Yeah,
1: like you, like you, like you saying Quent, and then me reading the subtitle. I didn't. I didn't mentally register any discrepancy. I didn't care. This is fine.
0: I'm gonna use them interchangeably, and it's gonna piss some people off if that bothers you. If if, if me being inconsistent bothers at you, at least I'm sure you've already stopped listening to this episode because because you, you can't say. At Fiona. least
1: that implies that people are out there watching Votoms, so you know what? That's fine.
0: <laughs> I hope the fifty or so people that watched the first Votoms episode because that's already up now have are watching to the, to hear because this it's such a good show, guys. Yeah, I, I really can't stress that, but, but we're gonna getting... Roots of Ambition.
1: Ro- I think Roots of Roots of Ambition is the first Botom's installment in this franchise that I actually have like thoughts about that I need to work through beyond that this is really good. I am not I'm not saying I'm not even necessarily saying it's bad. And honestly, I'm not even necessarily saying that this is, you know, the the least good thing of it but the all of the things that it does are so different in buck wild that like i need to talk with you so i can figure out how i feel about it
0: (laughs) so there's really not any new designs to talk about in this we don't get a bloodsucker we see like a couple variants of scope dog we see like a scope dog commander type which has some extra antennas on it and we saw a fatty uh land version which just is a fatty with scope dog colors. So there's really nothing here but can I say what this OVA did very well was making an an approaching army of red shoulder scope dogs very scary. Yeah, yeah, th- this Like that 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 you re-u- they reusing that visual of just the like them all marching in unison with, like, the red- the glowing red shoulders, that is-
1: that is frightening. It's it's terrifying. It- it- it it really is the- like- because, again, like, strength- strength and threat level is relative- is relative, and for fiction, it's relative on who the camera is focusing on, who the audience surrogate is. For- for the core series of Votoms, the audience surrogate is Kiriko- so scope dogs are pieces of garbage duct taped together, cause that's cause Kiriko can like fucking fart on one and it explodes. Um, uh, so I it, it I I compare it to stormtroopers. <laughs> like to to Luke Skywalker, stormtroopers are just sort of in his way. Uh, to everybody else, they're, they're kind of just to like everybody like else so in the so extended mess. universe. Stormtroopers are not good when stormtroopers show up it's so fucking bad
0: my my favorite thing is whenever stormtroopers are scary mm-hmm. that's my favorite thing in the EU is i love when stormtroopers are scary that's that's how i feel that the red shoulders are are a nightmare force and i love it and so can I talk about how the opening of this OVA is bizarre of being a clip show of things are about yeah, to
1: watch? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like if 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 <laughs> if you don't want to be spoiled on the
0: OVA you're about to watch, just kind of skip the opening.
1: <laughs>
0: um, I wish it just used the Votoms opening, like like last Red Shoulder did. Yeah,
1: Day. I mean it, it did at least use the song, but it, it did, was it, it was pretty much it
0: it
1: it was pretty much just like the staff going like. Hey, uh, if anybody wants to make an AMV out of this, don't worry, we got you. <laughs> but also, it's gonna be the first thing you see.
0: Can I can I say that while Last Red Shoulder was about the same level of animation quality as the show, it felt like just like an episode of the show. I felt this had a higher production v- budget.
1: Yes, I think it.
0: I feel like Last Red Shoulder was made with last with like leftover resources from the show. This is just. I'm once again. I'm just speculating here. I could be wrong. I don't know anything about the production of the OVAs or the show. I
1: mean, it it depends on budget. I I, I think I am not sure that's necessarily true. Just because there wasn't a whole lot of reused assets in the Last Red Shoulder, so like re- regardless of its animation quality, they at the very least still had to draw and sell and and and, and design like all those new mechs and all the all the new settings. And like redesign yeah. Ypsilon and figure out what he looks like naked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I think there's just a lot more uh, it's just a bigger story in scale, right? Like the last red shoulder was just like a handful of people going on a singular mission to an extremely isolated military base where there's not a whole lot of people. Um, and then this one was just like war were declared. <laughs>
0: Or were declared. Yeah, so we this OVA starts with uh, Kiriko's kind of transfer to the the red shoulders and I'm gonna Google something real quick because I forgot the name of the other very important character in this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut a lot of this until I say his name. Oh, Carson Carson. So it, we meet Kiriko. Um, it's funny. I, I actually like. I want to see more of Kiriko before the show and to see how he was. Yeah. But Kiriko is uh, kind of on like a dropship, uh, being because he just been, has been transferred to the Red Shoulders. And we open with essentially like a ton of generals and everything. And Pailson's not a general yet; he's just a colonel. But they're talking about like you know the operation to invade Sansa. Which, uh, for, you know, the Sunset campaign. And everyone's kind of, like... Everyone's getting really suspicious about what the fuck Paleson is up to with his fucking very elusive red-shouldered team that he's not really telling anybody about what they're actually doing. And they hold kind of, like, almost a vote to be like, let's incriminate this fucker because he's probably up to something.
1: Yeah, it, it it really is this really just... it's a perfect it's i think it's a, i think it's a really good example of like i would ask but i know the answer like you've definitely had those thoughts where you're just sort of looking at people living in a society and just being like the only reason this all works is cuz we decided that it that this is what we wanted to be and like at any moment like there's there's no re- like struck structure and law and order aren't real we just decided that that's what we wanted to pretend it is. And that's definitely what's happening at this fucking Red Shoulder base.
0: Yes. So Kiriko... So everyone in the Red Shoulders is, is like... They're ru- like they, oh, they, keep, they keep calling it, like, a prison. And, like, the commander... And Lehman, the commander there, like, the warden. Because it's essentially... It looks like prison rules is going on there. Yeah. And so uh, Kiriko is getting hassled by some dudes... And Kiriko just doesn't want to fucking fuck with anybody. Yeah, and some dudes are fucking with him, and he gets protected by this blonde dude, Carson, who you're like, who's this guy? He looks a little too normal to be here. Um,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's, <sighs> I. it's not, it's not confusing in a bad way, like, it's, it's, it's just so anxiety inducing this whole setup like everything that happens in this ova like has a logical through line and makes makes sense in terms of like i i'm watching this and i'm understanding how things are getting from point a to point b but i'm also really with Ch- uh, with kiriko of just fucking being anxious and scared and confused and not knowing what's going on and just sort of sitting here and just accepting what's happening cuz i literally have to cuz there's nothing else for me to do um. Yeah, the worst, the worst slash best, uh, example of of that was the fucking heavy scare quotes training exercise.
0: <laughs> yes. So every on their first day of being red shoulders, they do live fire. They take all the new recruits who are freshly transferred from other units, and just do a live fire simulated battle. It's.
1: It's fucked up. The, the fucking, the only thing that's, that's, that's missing. The, 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 the only thing that's, uh, the only thing that's, like, missing from here is just the fucking, sh- is fucking beat Takeshi walking out and telling them all what's about to happen.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> much, it's, it turns into Battle Royale. It's crazy. And then, so Kiriko manages to save Carson's life. And knocks through, um, you know, uh, kind of an, an emplacement of a couple scope dogs piloted by three guys we should know from Red Shoulder. From Last Red Shoulder. Uh. uh Mirza, Gregor, and, uh, and Byman.
1: And they do not like Kiriko initially. Well, yeah, no, cause, um, they... fucking, Cause, like, for, 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 for some reason... Uh, Kiriko is getting special treatment from the jump, like, even before- even before they all become official Red Shoulders, and there's that whole sequence of them just being like, why- like, why is- why- why is everybody just okay with Kiriko not ever doing anything? Um, they're just immediately like, why is he even here in the first place? He's wounded, he doesn't fucking know how to do anything- and he's just—he just seems to be just scraping by by dumb luck of survival. And like, I don't understand why this fool's here. Like, we're all—we're all out here trying to survive, and he doesn't really seem to care.
0: Like, um. So the the real first introduction to, of of the uh, of the crew from Last Red Shoulder are essentially they 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 have like a very brutal hazing of Kiriko. kind of like what happens to Gomer Pyle and um. Full Metal Jacket, like, where they tie into his bunk and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, it was big Full Metal Jacket vibes. And, essentially, we notice a new thing about Kiriko, in that when when he starts thinking too far back, he just kind of regresses into screaming. Same. Like, we actually get a glimpse of, like, a child Kiriko.
1: Yeah, nuts. Which I liked. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it, it- Th- that that's the overarching through line of this is like n- n- like kiriko getting brief glimpses of his of like his past and like like not even necessarily wanting it <laughs> um because it's, it's, it's not even as if he's, like, running around through this whole VA trying desperately to remember his past. His past just sort of happens whether he wants it to or not, and he only gets brief glimpses before he finally has at least some modicum of understanding by the end of it, but even then, not a total picture.
0: So, essentially, Pailson is—Pailson is, is, doesn't really show up for a while. It's mostly you're dealing with the warden, Lyman. Yeah. Whose whole mission here is to, like, let's... Essentially, he says that the... the. Is that... Um, before the the PS project, or I guess what inspired the PS project and in, in the Gilgamesh military was Paleson Because, as Last Red Shoulders showed, he was involved with the secret society yeah. after the war. Is that he was just obsessed with the idea of finding and creating an unkillable person.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, like... I don't know. I feel like I've. I feel like I've made this analogy specifically on this podcast before. If not, I must have done it somewhere else. Of just like, uh, the M&M's. yes, the M and M's. It's the M and M's. It, it's <laughs> the M and M's of. It's the M of like crushing. Of like crush crushing an M M&M and M with another M M&M and M, and just doing it enough times until you get the uncrushable M M&M. and M. Um.
0: That's General Pailson.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> I on like, but but like. And, you know, it's it's not unobvious that that's what's going on, but then once we finally actually get his, like, big fuck-off speech when he's got, like, Kiriko strapped to the table or whatever, it's... I had a fucking, like... I, ha- I was just as manic with him during that whole moment. I was, like, screaming at you. I'm like, like... General Pelson knows he's in an anime and he's trying desperately to find the protagonist because he, he knows- That's what he's doing. He's trying to find the protagonist of the universe he lives in because he knows that the protagonist has plot armor. He is fully aware of plot armor and he's trying to find it on
0: purpose. It's brilliant. I love this OVA. So Lyman Lyman calls in uh, the, the Last Red Shoulder crew. That's what I just keep calling them. But Mirza, Byman, and uh, Gregor. And he's like, you guys are the three best Red Shoulders, which is which has now been established. And it makes sense, because they killed all the other ones, all the surviving Red Shoulders in the Breeders' yeah. OVA. That I guess these four dudes were the best Red Shoulders. And uh, they were the baddest asses. So they're like, listen, we want you to kill this guy. Just fucking kill Kirigo. Just do it. And You guys don't like him? Just do it.
1: And, and and like that's that and then that kind of shit is when it does go into ridiculous plot armor territory because it's like they just like n- like n- not only do they chalk up wh- whatever whatever the actual phenomenon he tries to call it is like cuz not not only does his unkillability have to do with just kiriko's own innate skills and instincts and subconscious like fight or flight but at at one point at one point i think the warden even tells pelson just like oh well what about all this shit that's just like kiriko's like luck and pelson's just like that's part of it too he just somehow knows he just somehow knows instinctively how to be at the right place at the right time as if and, and to me that's just like that's chaos magic
0: do you want to know the craziest part? Yes. All that shit is also brought up in the quaint arc. Oh my fucking god! I can't wait so bad for the fi- for the finale of Votoms. It's gonna be great. So, so they, they, my, they, they... my favorite bit is how fucking ridiculous they go after Kiriko, But say what you're gonna say. Yeah, I was
1: just gonna say like they 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 try multiple times to shoot him at point blank range, and it just doesn't work. He just he, he like, just shadows, think, think he shadow a gun, steps like, out of the explodes. way like it's fucking Castlevania. He,
0: and like it's almost like Kiriko isn't even like he he do- doesn't come off as a badass in this in this OVA at all. He is terrified and panicked. The, his time with the Red Shoulders is obviously quite traumatic. Yeah, no, like as seen in this. This is very good to watch immediately after the Sansa arc.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it, but no, it's it's completely, it's, but this is just to show, like, yeah, you're right, he's not a badass, because this is just to show that it's it's not, it's not his skill. It is something inherent in his, in his being, and his aura, and his, and his lot in life. He, for some reason, for some reason, he is, he, he is just instilled by the, the very universe to survive.
0: God, you're gonna love the Quent arc. So essentially their att- their attempt at killing Kiriko by just opening fire at him, chasing him through the base with machine guns and throwing grenades at him, kind of escalated into a fucking gigantic armed riot. where everybody's just shooting at each other. There's scope dogs everywhere. It's complete and utter chaos. Uh, y-
1: Yeah, no, it, it sort of dev- it, it really devolves.
0: <laughs> and somehow Kiriko survives and manages to save Carson's life again. Um, I
1: yeah, I I just fucking re- remember, but no, so like I I don't even I don't even have a whole lot of beat for beat memories of what happens next because I was just I think I I think I was still just reeling at General Paleson just like Kiriko does get shot at some point.
0: Yeah, so that after that is when General Pailson has his one on one with well one on one with Kiriko, explaining his motives and why he is so important. And Kiriko, yes, Pielson says like, Pailson said I saw like a miracle, and he has this like very vague flashback about seeing a baby, seeing like a super baby. Yes, yeah,
1: some weird baby in green goo, some weird bridge baby,
0: <laughs> which I think is Kiriko, and I think that is actually brought up in the Quent arc. I, I can't I
1: can't wait for Bridge Baby Kiriko.
0: But every time Kiriko like gets too deep, he just has like a fucking seizure, and he goes nuts and almost murders Paleson. Like starts screaming. Yes, that
1: that was the thing that I did that I remembered when you said that is like, oh right, that's what happened. Kiriko just fucking Kiriko actually for like does actually go ape shit and just fucking. It's still like super. Fear induced fight or flight, but it's less. It's it's no defense, all offense. Just like I'm, I th- th- this man is saying things that's that's bothering me. I'm going to choke him until he stops talking.
0: <laughs> and Kiriko gets shot. So then, Pailson's like, "All right, I guess that was that." He looks almost disappointed. It, he
1: is no, he uh, it, it is disappointment. It's hundred percent disappointment. Like the the whole there's a whole montage of him just like looking out the window being sad um
0: like i thought i found the guy and miraculously kiriko recovers from a near, near fatal gunshot wound that somehow missed all of his internal organs in like 3 days which is something that that fiona comments on on the battleship kiriko recovers from horrific injuries in less than 5 days
1: yeah 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 and and, and like like they, they, there, there was there was a scene there was a scene earlier when the warden's explaining to all the other red shoulders like this is why kiriko is getting special treatment because he's this he's 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 a, he's a fucking g- genetic freak in nature and
0: he's a chaos magician we must eliminate him
1: yeah he he's a genetic jackhammer um and uh like he they mentioned like okay well whatever like he, he got he got injured though and then it's like okay yeah but then he was at this battle like a week later with all these fatal injuries and he just healed it's fine it's this fuck honestly like that thinking about it now I I think that even the even the mid eighties was was late enough in in our in the in our modern like twentieth century idea of like. Action hero fiction for this to be like purposefully lampshaded, you know, because you know, like, like, was Fist of the North Star out by
0: now? I think so. I think Fist of the North Star is eighty five. But like,
1: yeah, but but even even still, like, just just there's even before Votoms, there was nothing. There was probably nothing but 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 like, shonen fiction about like, heroes overcoming impossible odds for no other reason than they're the hero, and that's what happens to heroes, and, like, getting fatally injured, but, like, fucking, I don't know, the the power of friendship and the will to keep going, like, makes them heal, or, like, they don't care about their injuries. Like, I could imagine, like, a writer or writers just being, like, okay, how do we make that, like, believable, though?
0: (laughs) They, they, somehow, they, they did it. So it's um the the OVA wraps up about uh the, the third act of the OVA is is once again pretty action packed. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's it's buck wild. It's a lot.
0: So it, it, we we fast forward an indeterminate amount of time later, probably a month or so. Kiriko is now fully matriculated into the Red Shoulders, and uh, the 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 third battle of Sunset commences, which is just as awful and bad as it was shown in. In uh, the last red, and cho- not the last children, in uh, in the sunset arc,
1: uh-huh.
0: where um, so essentially they find out that Kiriko has been marked so that he appears on radar. He like is immediately marked to be a target for every enemy due to some. I forgot why. Like um, they they yeah, it's like um Carson, not Carson. Uh, I think Lyman is like Kiriko. Go go do reconnaissance with Carson. By the way, take this locator so we can track you, but also the enemy will probably just immediately pick up on that signal. Yeah. As it's just more tests to see if we can... Let's just let's just throw Kiriko into situations where he ultimately 100% should just die. Fuck. And he doesn't. Carson... So, this is when Kiriko finally has another big flashback where he sees himself as a kid on the surface of Sunset... So, I guess that means that's Kiriko's home planet, too. Which makes the Sunset Arc even more fucked.
1: Yeah, that's. Yeah, no, totally. That's true. It, it might have. Tap- oh, no. What if, um. What if, what if, what if Sophie is Kiriko's mom? <laughs> oh, my God. Aw, oh, um that'd be buck wild. That's my, that's my, that's my headcanon. That's my angst fic.
0: Your, what, your sad stuck yeah, fiction? Yeah, absolutely. Your sad stuck fanfic? Um. So, um, essentially Kiriko, like, Carson dies, and, um, and he's, and he essentially reveals, like, hey, listen, dude, it's okay that I'm dying. I accomplished my mission. And Kiriko's like, what? He's like, yeah, I was sent here by the other higher-ups in the military, to get dirt on Pailson, and I've got, like, enough to fucking ruin his whole career.
1: I'm about to ruin this man's whole career.
0: <laughs> and he, yeah, which I like, because, like, Kir- like, he's like, I know what the Red Shoulders are up to, I know what Pailson's been doing, this is all fucked up, and, I, the- and everybody knows already, so don't worry, we got it. To which then, Kiriko goes around in the middle of this huge battle, and just destroys Lyman.
1: Yeah, no, it, it Kiriko absolutely just pops off, and like again, like from my from my viewing perspective at least, like still undermines the wow cool robot because the like the the gravitas of the situation and like his motivations and the framing of it all is just so like so intense but not in terms of like the be- the beat for beat of like a of like a battle but just like like watching Kiriko just like have nothing to fucking lose anymore and just popping off at people is buck wild
0: what I, so then it ends it, I loved the ending of this OVA where it was like Pailson is, uh, is essentially watching, and, like, you, you can hear the other generals talking, like, oh, we got dirt on Pailson, he's fucking, his days are numbered.
1: Oh, I, I do, I do want to say that before, before it cuts away from the battle, the narration just kind of says the battle raged on for three fucking days. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to, to, to imply that Kiriko was just in a scope dog for fucking 72 uninterrupted hours, <laughs> like, killing people... Yeah. Um.
0: Oh my god! It, it's like I, I, I want like I, I know like there's there's battles from World War One and two that lasted weeks on end, but like, like you, are not constantly at the front. But I just believe I could totally believe that Kiriko was in active combat for seventy two hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. know. Um. I'm glad, and that's the thing. Like, I'm like they don't, they don't show. Like, there's there's so much that there's so much that this show. Show like tells but doesn't show, and it's to its advantage. Like that, just one-off comments. Like the battle went on for three days. It's like it it went on for
0: what? Because the it reminds me of those of those moments in Blame where it would be just give you like an like a crazy amount of time, and it's like three hundred eighty-six years later. Yeah, (laughs) we've been on this we've been on this elevator for three hundred eighty-six years. Christ, because that's just how big the world of Blame Uh. is. God, Blame was good. Killie and Kiriko would be friends
1: yeah uh go back go back and listen to our episode about blame and also read blame because the since we recorded that they came out with some nice uh nice uh, pub, uh, localizations of that
0: nice new translation the only problem I have with it is that they call Kelly Kiri and I don't like it Oh, uh, yeah. he's Kelly damn it yeah because he but that's cause the he kills problem. that's what he is yeah please read blame I have four out of the six um com- uh I think it's called the master mm-hmm. edition and they're just releasing one for noise now Oh, awesome. sick. And it's labeled as zero, so you can put it right next to your, sh- on your shelf, and be like, put it right next to the blame ones, and it'll look good. But yes, uh, so they're, so, they're doing like
1: a military parade type deal that they're often want to do when they want to, when they want to fucking jerk off about how cool they are.
0: And all the red shoulders are going by, standing in front of their, their, their scope dogs. And then it, like, I like how the audio kind of cuts out, because he, Pailson is in complete shock and disbelief. That four individual motherfuckers are alive.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's like, great. And, like, but b- like before that, because what you were saying before was just, like, while Paleson's there, like, two or three people down across from him, all the other journalists are just, like, yeah, we fucking got this fool. Uh, and they're just talking dirt on got, him. We got this talking guy. Talking dirt on him right next to him. And then on the cherry on top is, like the the last red shoulder OVA gang like on their own fucking float and that and not only is he shocked that they're alive at all but they they cl- they stand out to everyone else too because everybody else is just standing at attention like good fucking cogs in the fucking machine and like each one of them is just doing some very subtle kind of fuck you pose to everybody in the fucking parade like one of them smoking a cigarette. <laughs> um. And they're just being so nonchalant and, and, and was arrogant.
0: I like how Kiriko mouths something, yeah. and they don't- That was so Cause, good. Because I,
1: I, for, I forgot to mention that earlier. He mouthed something and it scared the fuck out of Palesen. And I was like, what the fuck did Kiriko say? And then he did it again at the end
0: of this one. I was like, what the fuck did Kiriko say? It's like the muted line to end of Evangelion. Do we ever know, Devin? Where- I don't know. Shit! I don't know, we gotta watch the Quent arc, but that was, that, that's Last Red Shoulder. What are you, what, so have you, now that we've talked about Last Red Shoulder for about 18 minutes, what, not Last Red Shoulder, fucking Roots of Ambition. Vo, Armored Trooper Votoms, Red Shoulder document the Roots of Ambition.
1: Yeah, Uh I I like it, but it's, but specifically because you told me that the this next season is gonna be relevant to it. Um, cause, the, cause, like, w- what I was worried was that this was some, like, one off out there entry in the Votoms franchise meant to, like, isolate, meant to, meant to retcon Kiriko in some way, you
0: know? Yeah. Um, it would be like if, if new types as a as a phenomenon were like exclusive to a single OVA explaining why Amaro survived the one Yes, worked.
1: that's what I thought this was. Um and I'm glad to know that that is not the case. Uh and I and and, and I look forward to the next season so much.
0: Yeah, last red show. Shul- so interesting note for a series. We're probably cuz we're probably going to cover the rest of this franchise at mm. some point. Like we're gonna t- we're gonna take a break from Votoms after we uh, we finish the main series. We'll to- we'll go back to there's a handful there's like a handful of other OVAS like in a couple movies yep. that are interesting. So we can we'll definitely go back to Votoms. But what I wanted to mention to you is I did a little research into the Pilsen Files series from two thousand seven yes. that has some questionable CGI quality. But that one picks up immediately where this leads off, and that ends right before the flashback in Last Red Shoulder. Oh. With all of them getting fired. That's... Or getting kicked off the Last Red... Sh- getting kicked off out of the Red Shoulders.
1: That's cool. I like that. I like that so, in concept like, at least.
0: The... I watched the first episode and it literally opens with, with like, um, Paleson on trial. <laughs> Good. Fuck that so dude. So I am quite excited for the Paleson files. Well, he's dead as fuck. Yeah, funny.
1: no, honestly, I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad my introduction to Paleson was his fucking death. Cause that's what he fucking deserves. Um, and now it could be because now like it, it, it's, it's the opposite of what usually happens is like you're with a shitbag bag villain for like a whole franchise. And then you finally get to see him die. This is the, and then the whole thing just like, fucking die. Why don't you just fucking die? God damn it. And then this is just like, okay, now that I know he's fucking dead, Every every time he's being a piece of shit at a previous point in his timeline, I can just like I can just like lean back and be like, I'm so glad you got murdered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's interesting to note that this is one of the few pieces of Votoms media that didn't have the secret society or Kiriko's friends or Fiana. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so it's he- I mean I mean and I mean that's like that's
1: fine that works for me.
0: Like like the like the trio made a cameo at the end of Last Red Shoulder, but like I I was kind of like I I was kind
1: of hoping that like all of the OVAs like bookended themselves like that to fit snugly into the series, but it's fine that it, it's fine that it was just the one time. Um, it's no big deal. Uh, no, I yeah, I don't have any problems with it. their exclusion.
0: So do you so I kind of force the OVAs upon you. Do you think watching the OVAs in sequence with the show is a good idea or would you think you or would you rather people cuz I think Last Red Shoulder is pretty integral.
1: Last Red Shoulder definitely Last Red Shoulder does definitely help contextualize like the next two like the the second and third seasons for sure it it definitely does help. I'm not going to call it. I'm not going to like sit here and call it necessary cuz nothing's necessary. Uh do whatever you want. I'm not your mom. Um
0: <laughs> I'm not a cop yeah, or am dad. Not a... <laughs> <laughs> um it's a good mumbambam. That's a good mabim-bam bit. Jesus.
1: Um I, but yeah, but it, it, I, I think it's, it does help a lot, and if nothing, if nothing else, it, it is very fun, it, it, it helps, if nothing else, it's fun, it helps break up, it helps break up a long series, you know, because you, you, it's, it's, it's even easier to treat it like isolated seasons, um, because, like, okay, like, after this story arc, I have, like, a fun OVA,
0: um. I wouldn't call this one fun, but I call, I call this one almost stressful, but Vo- I'm, not one to, I'm not one to complain about Bo-toms,
1: that. Votoms, Armored Trooper Votoms, the most fun you'll ever have being stressed out.
0: Honestly, um, so let's talk real stuff for a minute. Let's talk real life okay. for a minute. Um, so we have some episodes to announce because I guess we're going to announce what's what the next couple episodes are going to be. We haven't done that in a while. Um, do we have any, uh, any emails or anything?
1: Uh, shit, let me check. I, cause I'm, you know, like, our, our, our listenership isn't super huge, but I'm consistently surprised at the small listenership we already still have. Uh, so let's see.
0: At this point, Grand Belm dropped a couple days yes, ago, at the so. Yes, ti-
1: at, at the time of recording. Um, no. We do not. Okay. We have a we have okay, a new cool. we have a we have a new Tumblr follower. That's it.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah,
1: mechtrospective mektros- at gmail.com.
0: If you want to talk us. to us about literally anything, we're so lonely. Um, <laughs> and we talked about a lot of stuff in this episode that we probably got wrong. So if you want to correct us, make sure you have that subject. Say, hey, bag. Yep. Um but yeah, so our next episode after this we're going to go back to Getter for 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 a bit. We're going to do the uh 2004 OVA New Getter Robo. Um what then was the Japanese title
1: going... of that? Because Armageddon's was already Shin Getter Robo.
0: It was Shin Getter Robo but a different kanji for Shin.
1: Cool, great. I love I love Japanese. Uh
0: <laughs> it's well because it's like because Shin can mean new, Shin can mean true.
1: Oh, so which... like
0: Shin Getter being like True Getter is what we would like call you know the Shin Getter Mech, but right. New Getter Robo, as in like it's a different kanji for new. <sighs> which I'm I'm unsure what the kanji they used for Neo in Shin versus Neo, or if that was just katakana. Probably katakana. I'm gonna check because it's gonna bother me if I don't. Shin versus Neo Getter. Shin Getarobo. Tai, Neo Getarobo. Yeah, it was just it just was just, was just Cool.
1: So they they pretty much just had I three love. different ways to say new.
0: Oh man, there's one of the DVD covers was actually illustrated by Ken Oh, Sick. I'm not, oh, he illustrated the all the DVD covers oh, for it. That's awesome. Oh, what a, I love Ken Don't, I'm sad that he died. Mm-hmm. So is right, so, so is going, going she could, she, So
1: she could see it. Um, that is sick as hell. I I just I, lo- I love the way he draws robots, because like he could, Ken Ishikawa is like, Ken is, is is like a manga artist who absolutely fucking designed like seventies like barely super robots, but then actually learned how to draw real mechanical mecha and then used that design sensibility to still make ridiculous super robots and it's so fucking
0: unique i there's nothing like it and so and so after that yeah. we're going to finish up get uh votoms with the sun with the quaint arc following that we are going to be in doing a last minute addition to our timeline uh, Tush, do you want to announce it? So it's our first Western cartoon.
1: Yeah. Have we... Did we never do a Western cartoon before the in, the in the first season?
0: The only Western thing we did was... The only Western things we did were live action. We did, um... We did Blade Terminator, Runner, and then we did Terminator, but that episode never came out. That's, like, a lost episode.
1: Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the the first Western piece of animation that we're gonna do... Uh, I I think we mostly we mostly stayed off it because we never knew if if I was gonna end up doing a Toon Goons about it or not.
0: I thought we decided um, that if we were gonna do a Western cartoon that heavily featured robots. You would just have me on Toon Goons,
1: and we... that was definitely one of the options.
0: Yeah, it was either um, we were gonna have Nina and Carmen on this, or they were gonna have yeah. me on that.
1: And I think also, yeah, th- we we were gonna play
0: it by ear.
1: I think we. Depending, it depended on the show because there was probably also instances where you and I would have an extremely different podcast about the same show compared to what I would talk about with Carmen and Nina.
0: Oh, that's in 100%.
1: So, but regardless, um, what we are doing is Symbionic Titan, which was just announced for Netflix at the time of this recording, like yesterday or the day before, I think. Um, And that is very. A hype for me because um, it is a show that I actually missed while it was airing because it was tragically cut down before its time after a single season but it was made by Samurai Jack creator Genndy Tartakovsky who is an extremely important influence on me for my own art and animation How
0: did you feel about the new uh, Samurai Jack season?
1: I actually fell off. I didn't finish it. I have no idea I don't have a take on it but I heard a lot of people didn't like how it ended <laughs> yeah um but uh i don't i I wasn't spoiled on it so much or anything or rather like any vague any vague thing i got spoiled on isn't something that i ultimately care about so if if the things that i heard about are the only bad things about it i think i can probably live with it but i haven't watched it yet I watched like the first episode when it first dropped and was like, and, uh, "Okay, cool." I don't,
0: I don't know if we announced this or not, but do you want to announce what arc we're gonna go? On? We're um, well, before we go into our next arc, we're gonna have. I want to start doing maybe a couple SDs, not to yeah. fully Brit. Maybe release them simultaneously with full episodes, or uh, if we have an off week where we just want to take a break, I can have them in. We're just instead of us, t- where SDs originally we were we did them as like first looks. Uh huh. I was thinking we would just have a topic we discuss, as in, like, have we changed our opinion on something, discussing trends, specific tropes, and our first one of these is going to be talking about Plamos and Gunpla with a couple friends of ours, because they know way more about it than we do.
1: Yeah, and and I and honestly, in even if we weren't recording it, if you asked me like, "Hey, do you want to sit down and have a conversation about like model kits with people who are super into it?" I would say fucking yes because it's it's something that I am I, I have dipped my toe in from time to time, and that I want to invest more artistic effort into. Um, I'm just afraid that I'd...
0: once I dip my whole waist into it, I'm never going to escape. Oh yeah, no, like
1: that's I. I definitely am waiting until I have my own fucking place for, like, shelves and cabinets and such. Because I I can't get into that right now. I am living in a guest
0: room. So, uh, just to wrap up, our next season will be Space Runaway Ideon. We're going back to Tomino, and then during that arc, uh, we got, we're gonna be going, we got some, some Gundam, and we got some Yamato to look forward to. So, exactly what Gundam shows those are and I'm pretty sure you can figure it out but I'm not gonna tell you mm-hmm. but yeah I guess at this point I um I have uh PTSD induced seizures at robots
1: uh I I have emotions about my emotions at robots
0: coconut is so good I, I cry at coconut. <laughs> I
1: cry at coconut. i cry a